Okay, bro. I'm just, la, 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 la. I'm just gonna look at you. This is my room's a mess. Oh man, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Another quarantine episode of the Messy Room, ladies and gentlemen. As always, it's your boy Vic. And you know, my co-host, my guy, my best friend, the guy that I got that got got earlier. I yeah, pranked him earlier. Got me, bro. Oh got man, me. he was crying. He, he was crying. Me. My guy Jason, ladies and gentlemen. Oh so, man, and we're here in the messy room. The podcast where like a messy room. Life like is all, be over, the all place. over the place. And ladies and gentlemen, oh man, we're getting bigger. We're getting better. And oh man, I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, I want nothing but the heavy hitters. Nothing but the heavy hitters. And this week, ladies and gentlemen, we got this a special week. treat for you. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special treat for you. We got two, ladies two. and gentlemen. Two. Not one, but two. Not one. But two guests this week. Oh man, legit. I've known these, I've known these two women for the longest. The longest. Legit. Fifth Facts. grade, I think. First day of school. I, I've known we them longer than you the... then. I've known them both longer. <laughs> They're fucking amazing. They're inspiring in every which way. And I'm I'm even glad that I even know them. Ladies and gentlemen, from behalf of the informed team on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, the hottest, the hottest show to watch. It's a it's a show that teaches you about politics and how to be informed in politics. It's crazy, bro. Because especially with the with the election coming up, this is an important conversation right here. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's the important conversation. So, ladies and gentlemen, I have nothing but pride in introducing my homegirls, <laughs> Eliana Valentin and Roxanne Martinez. What's going on? Let's go. Hello. How are Yo. You? How was that intro? I tried. I tried. <laughs> the whole time I was like, oh my God. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> nah, that's great. That's great. Nah, but yo, it's dead ass. I know that I've known them longer than you, bro. I, I don't know. I Fifth remember grade, we had bro, the, I had Eliana in the, the fourth grade class, bro. I remember that for sure. Okay, okay. I'm on this class. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, Mr. Detolo was my guy, bro. Yes. Shout out to my guy, yeah, Mr. Detolo. We, we, we had our first period together, fifth grade. You feel me? That's yeah. how long I've known them, bro. And they've, they've, they've been my friends ever since. It's been awesome, bro. It's been yeah. a great ride, bro. The thing is, we've known you guys for a long time, but we've known each other even longer than you guys mm -hmm. have known us. Because we've known each other since the second grade. Yes. Damn. Jeez. That's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a long friendship right there, bro. That's a long friendship, bro. But ladies, 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 let's dive into it. What, what, what made you guys want to become part of this informed team? How did it even start? <laughs> okay, so um, if you remember Mr. Wright um, from Chelsea High, do you remember him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I, I was, I was asking guy. Vic because I saw him, I saw him on the episodes. I was like, "Yo, wasn't that a teacher at Chelsea High?" I never had him or nothing, but yeah, like, yeah. But I remember seeing him around. He was uh, Jared, right? Jared is his name. Yeah, Jared Wright. So he was co-advisor of uh, the Drama Club. Um, so Victor might know him a little bit better than, than Jason might, but yeah, um, for sure. He was a teacher from the Bridge Academy, so he taught English language learners. He's an English teacher. Um, mm. He didn't teach us directly, but we we, we were very close in drama yeah. club. And he called me one day uh, a couple months ago, and he just kind of started talking. Like he, <laughs> like he didn't. He didn't sounds really like Vic. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. Um, he just started telling me how how stressed that, that he feels and, and how stressed I must feel um, regarding everything that happens in the world, literally all the time, every day. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, um, so speaking on behalf of Jared, he said, I know somebody named Jose Palma who works with the TPS committee in Massachusetts. And he and I want to do literally whatever we can with the resources we have to inform people, especially in the Latinx community who may be voting against their own benefit and who just need the information. Like they just need it like now. Right. Um, mm. And so he said um, that he actually asked Edwin first, Edwin Alvarez, 
yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. first because Edwin is an audio engineer. Um, and then when he was on the phone with Edwin, excuse me, he was on the phone with Edwin, Edwin says, why didn't you ask Gimiana? And Jared goes, <laughs> so then he calls me um, and he tells me that he wants me on the team to do some writing and some research with him. And then I go, Roxana exists. <laughs> and, and, all, and, and I'm friends with Jared on Facebook, mind you. So he, mm-hmm. he sees how vocal I am just in yeah. terms of like politics and all that. So it just, it was like an automatic. Quick yeah. Kind of yeah. So as soon as I mentioned her, he was like, oh, absolutely. Can't believe I didn't think of her immediately. Um, and once uh, Roxana was invited into the group, he ran into Masha by chance. Mm. Um, and Marshall, we know how Marshall is. Marshall yeah. Martin is king, king of theatrics and yeah, yeah, yeah. passionate about the same things that we're passionate about. And so it that was a team. It was Jared Wright, his wife, Emily Wright, who is far more than just his wife. Far more. This Love is the her queen of everything. Yes. Um, Jose Palma, um, an organizer from the TPS Committee in Massachusetts. And then... Uh, he, oh, yeah. Okay, he also works for this um, organization called Justice at Work, which actually helps mm-hmm. um, undocumented immigrants, you mm-hmm. know, kind of obtaining rights within like their own jobs and things like that okay okay so uh he does he does that on the side as well and then obviously you and i mm-hmm. edwin um along with some other students who actually used to attend chelsea high such as uh jacob burke uh Demis villanueva um and then uh jacqueline segovia um Jocelyn Toal, i think um the, the, the team grew significantly after our first two episodes yeah mm-hmm. um, at the beginning it was just us um the people who we had contacted over the phone um but then the team grew to jacob burke um, Brian Capretti, who was now like literally like on our last meeting, like, yeah, a really recent member. Mm-hmm. Um, Carlos Aguilar, um, Donia. Can you pronounce her last name, Donia? If you're watching, sorry, Chief. Uh, Donia. Oh man. <laughs> Don't worry, yo, Vic is before. the king at messing up names. Yeah, I'm the I'm the king of messing up. Oh man, for like a whole fucking episode and a half, I was saying the wrong name, and then my boy Juan was like, "You know the struggle, buddy." Yeah, that's yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Donia, truly. Elsie Sanchez, um, Evan Townsend, he's hilarious. He's he does, wonderful. Yeah. He does like our social media clips and, and they send me every time. Yeah, the clips um, have been night, no bull. They're, they're, they're really well done. Like, I like the, I don't remember which one it was, but it was like perfectly edited. I was like, damn, that was a really good post right there. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope. We just like, if anybody can't, if anybody can't give up their time to watch like the 30 minute episodes, then mm-hmm. they can at least watch these like two minute mm-hmm. clips and he does them so well. I'm so yeah. jealous. Yeah, and then there's, girl. <laughs> well, I'll tackle that sentence in a statement, in a statement, in a second. Uh, and then Jillian Jacobs, who was also a teacher at the Bridge Academy at Chelsea High. Um, and so Roxana is our chief editor of The Way. Oh, my God. The Way I have nothing but respect for her. The amount of time that it takes and the amount of talent that she doesn't seem to understand that she has. <laughs> um, she's incredible. And we, like, I say we, I mean, she like hammers these things out like as, as fast as she can and, and she does a beautiful job at it. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome. We're really doing as much as we can with the little that we have. Uh, right. Because somebody had asked me, they were like, wow, this editing is amazing. You pay somebody. And I was like, girl, we have an unpaid martyr. <laughs> <laughs> we are all unpaid martyrs. It's it's literally just me, you know, Adobe Premiere, which yep. Jason, Jason has experience using as well. So he yeah. knows how hard it can be sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I literally, I get clips on the go. Like I, I literally spend Monday through Friday editing for the most part. Mm-hmm. And um, and then Evan, who we also mentioned, um, he, Evan's in charge of, Edwin uh, assists me with video editing, but he does it more in the social media compartment. Mm. Whereas I do the clips for like YouTube and things like that. But then he does mm. the clips that end up going on like Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform we're using that day, um, mm. which obviously is a very tremendous help. And, and yeah. 
That's uh, cool. Yeah. Editing That's is awesome. probably the, the hardest thing to do. And J- I, Jason right here, that man is the GOAT because I don't know how to do any of that. And this man, just he just does it. You know what I mean? And I, you, I bless this man, please. Bro. Thank you. Thank man. you. Thank you. I know it gets, it gets <laughs> tough. And especially because I noticed you guys have like multiple cameras and everything like that's that's probably tough, like trying to get the angles and everything correct. And the, the green screen, too. How does one question I've always had for like people that use green screen is that do you choose the background before you start it or or like after? Uh, so, I mean, there is the option to, do, to choose it as you're doing it. But what we typically do is we leave it green um, as is. And from there, I when I input the footage into Adobe, what I do is I kind of like adjust the um, adjust the like the, the level or the contrast and the all lighting that. and stuff. Yeah, stuff like that. And then I also add a filter called Ultra Key, which mm-hmm. allows to adapt the green screen to however you want it to be. So oh. we choose the studio setting because we want to look, you know, as as newsy and as yeah, no, no, for sure. But you could technically do it with like literally any background you want for the most part. Yeah, and that's we awesome. use a, and we use like a DSLR camera for like the main like anything front and center, mm-hmm. and then we use two iPhones for the side mm-hmm. for like the side perspectives. Oh, and, phones? Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. You couldn't tell. Honestly, you can't. Yeah, tell. you can't tell. You can't tell. It's iPhones, bro. That's crazy. I mean, we yeah. have we have like the really recent models for iPhones. Yeah. So it's it makes it. So crispy and so clear to write happy about. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So one thing I did, I, have- I did, I, I did have is, uh, so how do you guys like decide? All right, this is what we're gonna, this is what we're gonna talk about this week, and then you got you like, who does the research and how does that all get done? That that was the question I was gonna ask. Thanks, buddy. So we the first, for the first episode, um, Jared was kind of just like smiling and just like sitting there looking at each other like six big barnies, and I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, i was like but what's the first episode and so we decided that the first episode was going to be the very surface level um tackling of the show who we are kind of yeah thing. who we are why we're doing this um and what people could expect moving forward and then when we met um to talk about episode two um it was kind of like obvious but like nobody had said it and yeah. then jared was like okay but the show is called immigrants and allies so maybe we should talk about immigration mm-hmm, <laughs> um, definitely and then after that roxana's like Okay, so we're talking about immigrants and allies and why it's important to vote. Now let's talk about voting, right. voting process and civic engagement. And then after that, um, Biden, Biden and Trump, right? Yeah, and I yeah. was, I think it's important that we talk about a candidate here because even though our, our main goal is to have Trump the hell out of here, we also want to talk about Biden and, and how frustrating it feels for so many people to have to vote for somebody like mm-hmm. Biden. Um, mm-hmm. So we had our Biden episode, we call it our yes, but episode. Kind of our yes, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, he has blemishes, but dot dot dot. Yeah, and but then, he's better. Uh, <laughs> and then we were having a conversation, like a very casual conversation about COVID and the way that we've all been affected by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just thought, okay, so let's talk about this then. Another thing he fucking sucks at. Oh my god, I swore my love. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey where, yo, we are <laughs> the worry. biggest swearers in the world, bro. <laughs> no, I say it every <laughs> five seconds. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that just came out, I'm sorry. Swear, swear, swear all you want. Swear away, swear away. Okay. Um, so they were like, okay, so he sucks. This is something else he did that was terrible. Let's talk about COVID. Um, and then the next week, um, none of us are economists, but we were like, right. we should probably also talk about the economy because okay. it came out where he had only paid $700 of taxes. Yeah. Like, this seems relevant. Yes. Yeah. And so we did the economy. And then I had the idea and I brought this up to Jared to do a The Biden. economy episode hasn't been released yet, right? Not no, yet. it's going to be out next 
uh, the Wednesday, which is coming up, which is a number that I can't figure it on the spot. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, when the episode comes out Sunday, you better wait three fucking days and watch that episode. Episode three, episode six on, on Wednesday. Six, ladies and gentlemen. Three days after this episode comes out. You better watch it. If you're not watching, Jason's going to come to your crib. He's going to give you a little talking to. Oh, I thought you were going to say something about my nose. I was not expecting you to actually. <laughs> they do that a lot. They always, they always talk about Jason's nose. I'm like, y'all? No. <laughs> it's not y'all. It's Vic. It's Vic. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's because it's hilarious. It's his face every time. It makes me laugh. So Stop. I have to say <laughs> But um, so for our, our the episode we're going to be filming this Saturday. Yes. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so I had brought to, to Jared and the rest of the team the idea that we could do a Biden part two, um, but branching off of that, we kind of just decided to make this one about virtues. This is the last episode that people are going to see before the election. We were just mm-hmm. like, all right, when it comes down to it, people can listen to all the facts and statistics that we want to give them. But at the end of the day, people are people and, and they're thinking about who the people are, who they're voting for, not necessarily yeah. the things that they've done that are yeah. kind of hard to conceptualize. Right. Like when you hear the word or trillion and put a number next to it, that's hard for people to conceptualize. Yeah. So statistics like that aren't maybe the easiest for some people to you know internalize in order to vote. Mm-hmm. So we just want to talk about who they are and what they've done and what it means for our community, um, religious-wise, um, you know, ethnically, yeah. racially. Yeah. Things for us as, as people we're, who are marginalized. Yeah, we have like, um, again, like a sneak peek, but like different perspectives mm-hmm. in this episode. So like, we're going to tackle how these two candidates are like religiously and how, you know, that kind of works. And then we're also going to have like an, LG, like an LGBTQ perspective because mm-hmm. um, Trump, you know, has said, I'm going to be such an ally to the LGBT community. And that really is not demonstrated in any way or shape or form in any policy mm-hmm. that's done in the last yeah. four years. We're gonna have like different perspectives on this episode as well from like our panelists, um, mm-hmm. just in terms of like how Biden may be more so an ally in this regard than Donald Trump. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's um, dope. Also, we try, you know, very hard. We make the conscious effort to not alienate our audience, um, but I know, especially for me, I'm yeah. a very animated and very passionate person, so I want to say things, <laughs> but I but I have to say them kindly and I have to say them gently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this episode. I anticipate it being a little bit more of a challenge because we're going to be talking about abortion. Um, just a little bit. We don't want to override the, the, the episode. The with that. that sounds like a crazy episode right there. Yeah, yeah it, sound, it sounds like a... Yeah, but it's definitely got a You guys going to fit it in 30 minutes? I know. That's what I said. I was like, God bless Roxana. I was like, it's going to be an hour long and I'm just like, God I know. damn it. Just like. <laughs> but, um, we talked about this literally in the meeting a couple days ago where, yes, it's important and it's heavy. And it's difficult to talk about, but that's exactly why we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Because it's, mm. it, uh, I didn't realize this, um, you know, living in my bubble of my own family, um, the topic of abortion isn't something that is so prevalent. It like, makes us, you know, you know, feel a fire that we have to vote for one candidate over another. But I realized from talking right. to so many other people who are part of the Latinx community and thus part of the Catholic community, that it is like the one thing that drives people to vote for him. And I was like, yeah hate that so we're talking okay and within that talking about women's rights of course and and how uh we've politicized women's bodies um just over the years i mean it's happening even now with like the supreme court justice nominee Mm -hmm. uh if you guys have been following i don't mean to like digress but like yeah no no keep going keep flowing but like you know with the supreme court justice nominee amy coney barrett there is a lot of fear rightfully placed that if she is um 
if she gets chosen to be the nominee that replaces Ruth, uh, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that she will be essentially the antithesis of what Ruth did, whereas Ruth was a champion for, women, for women's rights and equality. And um, Amy, quite frankly, is the opposite. Mm -hmm. She's She kind of, I, w I would say in this case, she very much places her own personal set of beliefs over what is fair and what is in, in what we expect from Supreme, Supreme Court justices. Mm -hmm. And that raises a lot of fear for women because it's like, we're not, you know, in my, you know, in my case, I think our case, we're saying, I'm not saying, oh, I'm pro-choice in the sense of like, oh, I, you know. I'm I, telling you to go do it. Yeah, I'm telling you to go do it. I'm just saying, I maybe I won't do it for myself, but I can't stop you from doing that because it's your body. It's yours. It's your right to do this and that. And yeah, no, I no, just, yeah. um, I, within this, just like to the people who are watching too, not just like to our particular audience. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, hope, yeah. The, I would hope that the two uh, would overlap after this. I mean, yeah, for um, sure. But um, I, I don't understand how one could claim to be pro-life. And then what happens once the baby's born? If this is a brown kid or a poor kid or a gay kid, mm -hmm. what the hell happens to them then? Right. Because now you don't care about them. They're a living, breathing kid who walks the streets and, and nobody cares. Um, not maybe not nobody, but the people who are, you know, mm, waving their fucking yeah. outside the, the Planned right. Parenthood. Um, so we really want to talk about what it means to, to love people who are already here and what yeah. it means mm. to support and advocate for people who are already on this planet. Because people are going to have a book anyway. They're going to do it. I know, yeah. Whether opinions are different, right? Yeah, right. it's just going to be more dangerous and it's going to be an even bigger problem than it is now. Um, and so I, I don't understand why it's so hard for people to just want to do things safely. Mm. Because um, if abortion is so important to these people, why is it the only thing that's important to these people? If there's police brutality to think about too. And a ton of other problems. Yeah, I was just to add on to that. I was gonna say, you know, when we talk about the right to protect life, again, you can argue about whatever you want about unborn life, and then like what you were saying. But when it comes to the life that's already here, why aren't we allocating the resources and money that we have into, you know, after school programs or or like daycare or stuff like that? Things that actually assist people who are here and would make their lives better and more beneficial. And, and, you know, if we're, again, like if we're going to protect all life, then we should probably let go of those kids who are in cages at the border and stuff like that. You know, these are things that if we're, if we're going to say, let's protect life. Okay. Let's talk about the ones who are already here mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh no, but I want to protect June's baby who, yeah. you, who, who I have no idea what she's like. And, and, and mm -hmm. I won't care about it after, after the baby's born. You know, these are things that, you know, you can't be pro-life and then just ignore the life yeah. that's already here. That has yeah. a lot to do with um, the idea that once Biden, hopefully, twins, <laughs> is elected, um, it doesn't stop there. Mm -hmm. and, like the fight doesn't end there because yeah. we want to hold him accountable. We want to hold Kamala Harris accountable Absolutely. to the things they've said they're going to do for us. Mm -hmm. um, like this isn't a game. Yeah. <laughs> I got the goosebumps, bro. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> so um, our hope is, of course, that he's elected, but also that it doesn't stop there and that we continue to push for what we need and for what our the rest of the freaking country needs. I mean, I feel mm. like people, um, they like to put their own, how do I wear this in a way that is just Twist, twist. I, they try to put their own like- Flavor. I don't know, like I'm trying to find like a way to say this that ain't mean, you know, but like- I feel like people act like, 
Just say it. Just say it. Fuck it. Who cares? They try to act like they're better than somebody else. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't vote for somebody that's evil. Well, baby, I'm gonna vote for somebody who's less dangerous than this one. Right? Yeah, that's what I. That's what I was in, in previous episodes. I was like, well, I, I don't know. Like, it's we're fucking picking poison. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 kind of like some bullshit or some bullshit. You know what I mean? It's kind of that's what it is. It's like, ah, uh, what do you? You're right. It is no, some yeah. bullshit or some bullshit in this no, yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's what I, I think is weird too. Like I was talking to Vic once, I think it was like last week. And I was like, bro, I really don't like if you see after the the you especially after the presidential debate, everybody was that like that shit right. was a fucking UFC match. Jeez, like, literally, bro. it was oh like, my god, it was like they needed a fucking right. referee. Same thing. Yeah, I felt bad for the moderator, whatever his name is, dude hosting the show, bro. Moderator. The moderator was fucking. Excuse me, Mr. President. Can you? Yo, that yeah, man. Nah, he didn't. He, he needed. You need Vic up there so Vic could be like, I know. No, shut you, bitch ass up. Yeah, nah, nah, but I was, I was saying like, especially after the debate, you saw like how much like, I don't want to say it's backlash, but how much people were like, yo, I don't like either of these candidates, bro. But still, yeah. November third, somebody's gonna get picked. That's that's like the end all be all. Somebody's gonna get picked, and I was telling Vic like. Obviously, we live in a world where there's not like like change is not gonna happen like this, like from night to day. I wish it could, but it's not gonna happen. And I was like, bro, it doesn't make sense how we as Americans have to choose, bro. We shouldn't have to choose for our, our lesser evil. We should be choosing for somebody we truly think is the right person to be in office. And it, it, that's like, I don't know, I don't know like what we can do. I, as like people, is there's a way to change that? But like, it's really like we really either gotta choose between Donald Trump. Who has like over the over years and years of his life has clearly showed that you know he's got some he's he's got an audience you know it's like the the people he's going at and then you know you have Joe Biden who I don't want to say he's dumb but like he's kind of like he'd be like he'd be like messing up his words and like and obviously like obviously he's not dumb he's been he's been a political person his whole life he, he's clearly he knows what he's been doing he got he became the vice president he has some credentials behind him. But like, still, it's not like what we want, cause I, I, who's we is the problem then too, you know? Oh God, see, this is what this is what. Every time I started talking about politics, I feel like I get to a place where it's just like so complicated, and it shouldn't be this complicated. Should it be this complicated? I don't know. I don't know. See, I don't know. I, th this is what gets me. I feel like that's what I'm saying. I feel like it's too like there's so many levels and so many steps that you have to like read or like research and stuff, so that people are like misinformed bro and you're kind of like mm -hmm. and especially with the media platforms bro trump is the best and then you go on another channel fuck him you, you know what yeah. i mean it's like I was telling, yeah I was telling you're always confused bro you're always feels like you're always trying to like juggle bro and like, yeah. keep like who, another ball, who do you keep trust who do you trust is really the problem like i remember like especially like right after the black lives matter like george floyd like the the, the like the riot started the riot yeah, started yeah. i was like i was like all right uh, so i go on to cnn.com right and it shows CNN obviously is like they they like they're always talking about how Trump is ass like that Trump is an idiot right so you go on to CNN and you see oh Trump Trump talks about call calls black the the Black Lives Matter people uh the terrorists or something like this and like you know it's like saying that Trump is bad for this right and then I go to Fox News and I see on Fox News it's like 
these black people are are rioters, they're terrorists, they're destroying our cities. And you can see just from literally, that was just the, the top headlines, bro. I didn't even look at any of the news, but based off of the top headlines, you can see the different audiences that each of these news channels is trying to target. And that's where I'm like, I'm like, really, how, how it's not easy to find like trustable, unbiased information so that you can create a, an opinion for yourself. Like, you know, yeah, I don't uh, know. To that, I want to say, for, this is also for anybody who's watching. For me, I think the most credible sources, if you want to find like genuine, unbiased news sources, I trust Associated Press, which is also hyphenated as AP. It's probably backwards mm-hmm. if I do it this way, but um, AP, NPR, National Public Radio. Um, Washington Post can sometimes be lenient, more left lenient. Yeah, for sure. Media but they have a very credible, very acclaimed background. And I, those are the three sources I always trust to get my news sources from. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that like it's, the news cycle has become so polarized where it's like, if you, it's like, if you're literally, if you're not radical right-leaning, then you're left, then you're left-leaning and there's no in-between and this and that. And, and it's become a very toxic environment to consume news in and, but my only thing is I, I try to look at it from what I think is, is an unbiased perspective where it's like, okay, if I strip away this person's background politically, this and that, and I just look at them for the actions that they've done, then it's easy for me to form an opinion on them. So mm-hmm. it's like, if I, if I forget that Trump ever ran for president or Trump is the current president or whatever, and I just look at just, at just the true actions that he's done, for instance, with the, with the, with the tax scandal that broke out mm-hmm. if anybody if any average person for instance were to not pay their taxes for that many years to be that wealthy and not pay their taxes for that many years or to pay as little as he's paid any average person would be thrown into jail immediately like without a doubt so i got a question on that so did he not pay taxes or was it that he played the system and got he to pay less pay taxes minimum? It's kind of both. both yeah, because yeah. <clears throat> there were certain years where he paid zero in taxes. Yeah, because he like filed for bankruptcy, like a loophole in the system, right? It was something along those lines where his lawyer team were like, they were able to write off so many things or they were mm-hmm. able to write on, write in his failed businesses enough that he didn't have to pay anything. And then 2015 or 16, it was one of those years though, he only paid in total like 750. Yeah. And again, like I, there, I think he wrote off like a haircut that was seventy thousand dollars, which I just don't understand. Because I mean, I mean, I look at it like this. I look at it like this. Like, I've never, I've never doesn't been doesn't that dude have fake hair, hair bro? <laughs> Yo, chill, chill. What chill, the chill. fuck? Nah, nah, ah. nah, nah. But, but I look at, I look at it like this though. Like if, if. It's cause it's cause he's in a position of power, right? He gets to the chance to ha- make that decision. Like, yo, I make I have a company and I can write off all this stuff so that I can like the idea of writing off stuff on your taxes. I think is a good idea. But like, a, but at at what point does it go from smart to conniving? Okay, yeah, that. Because there's but, a point where it's like, and again, like your taxes go to like social programs, like mm-hmm. social security, Medicaid, stuff like that. so like. To the streets basically and if again if this is a man who so if he, he so claims to want to help the american people then you can start with the most basic average thing which is just simply pay your, your taxes, taxes. so it's like or do you I, want to no, i want to wait for you but, oh. but I, I just wanted to say okay and no i was i was just gonna finish off with again like 
these are social programs that help people, help people you want to defend every single day. And if you can't be bothered as a billionaire to, to, to allow your tax, to allow that some of your money be taken for taxes, then how can we trust you as somebody who's willing to protect us when you're really, you're just trying to save your neck at that point. Because uh, to your point, is, isn't it smart to write things off in your taxes? Yes, if you're us. If you're in a position where you're you're kind of reaching for what you for what you can get, mm-hmm. um, if you're a millionaire and running an an entire country, the the free world, you're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, you're not even willing to help your your people financially, which is the only way, frankly, that you're even able to help. Right. Because is any other way morally? No. Literally, the only thing you can offer us is your money, and you're not willing to do that. Um, and I want to say this now because I'm attention deficit. And if I don't say it now, I'm not going to say it ever. I'm going to forget. Yeah. But uh, I've said this before in the episode, um, in a few episodes, but if you're undecided, if you're, if you're worried about um, how you're going to feel when you go home on November 3rd after voting, um, you feel guilty for, for having voted for Biden. Listen, <laughs> a vote at for, 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 for Biden is simply just a vote against Trump. That's that's all it is. Because like I mentioned before, it doesn't stop when, when, when Biden is elected. We're gonna continue to, to, to fight. fight. But also voting for Biden is then opening a door for us to one day vote for somebody who we actually want to vote for. Because if we vote for Trump, that's, when is that gonna happen? When are we ever gonna get to vote for somebody who we want, who we feel advocates for us and who, who we feel is going to protect us? Um, and so no vote at all is, is literally just a vote for Trump. Um, and you're taking away a vote from Biden. And also people who have the, the argument that their vote doesn't matter at all, then why is he trying so hard to suppress your vote? Why are they literally snatching polling places out from where they were? Why are they making it so difficult for people to reach polling places? And why are they creating so many little intricate um, issues for right. people to no longer be able to vote because of you know one little thing? Um, and so that, that's really all it is. I realize how, how frustrating it is to have to vote for somebody who you don't trust. But um, if we want to make change, we have to start with where we have any power at all. Because mm. uh, if we don't, if we don't take advantage of, of the power we do have, we're never going to get any, any more of that power that we want. Right. Mm. I, mean, I think, I think. Segue. So, oh, my fault, Vic. No, no, I was going to say. I... Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna transition out, but if you want to say something, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I think the reason why it's so difficult and things like that. I think it's designed that way. Like I think it's designed. I, I, that might just be me and my the conspiracy you know, shit? conspiracy shit yeah. that I'm always on. So I just think I just think it's supposed to be difficult to create change. Like the thing that everyone wants most, right, is change. Mm. And but the thing that people don't like is change. So I feel like it's kind of a difficult thing. That like, this bolt is always gonna be like push, yeah, push yeah. one way and push the other way. But I was gonna use that as a segue. So you talking about how um like the the I that you guys like the whole thing that you guys do on the show is you know you introduce it and then what you go into uncovering myths, which I think that's dope because there's a lot of things that people claim to be true but might not be true, and you guys come in with facts and real stuff that'll you know uncover that that's a myth. So how did you guys decide to make that a portion of its of the show? Jared. Yeah, it's all Jared. Jared, yeah. Um, Jared and, and Jose Palma, they, they were saying how um, really it started with that idea that like Trump is a God-fearing man, which is laughable, is it not? Don't you just want to fucking... <laughs> <That's Yeah. laughs> um, so he says that. And, and really, a lot of what we talk about in the show comes out of natural um, organic conversation. Yeah. 
between us as a team um, and as friends, like outside of talking about this particular project. Um, and so we were talking about that and then he says this, right? Like he's at least better than the godless Democrats and we laugh because it's hilarious. And then we start thinking about all the things that he's done, not just, you know, to women or, or to people of color or to people of the LGBTQ community, but um, things that come out of his own mouth. Right. Like just like, there's yeah. no better place to go to shit on Trump than Trump himself. <laughs> go on his Twitter, just go on his Twitter, bro. Right, so, um, oh God, where was I? Just, if there's no better place to shit on Trump than Trump okay, himself. Okay, yes, attention death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, nah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> so as I was saying, um, when we have those conversations uh, and we think about what we're going to uncover, it comes from what we've been told from other people. Like, not even things that we've just seen on Facebook or something, but like actual mm. conversations that we have with people. Right. Um, okay. Because it's surprised me how many people in our age group, how many people oh. we know who, who are so willing to argue with us mm-hmm. um who, what do you mean who find fault in what we're doing it, it it surprises me and i don't say that because i think that we're perfect or because i think we're doing the greatest thing in the entire world but it, but it's surprising to me that people have an issue with us wanting other people to vote um mm-hmm. so what, what kind of stuff do they say that makes yeah. you know, like i've like had the, people the, literally the- give me like photo markups yeah, of like, yeah, of like things that like I've posted to like an Instagram story or things that we put like in our in our miss portion and being like, this isn't true and this isn't true. And I'm like, well, literally it is. Google is free. Um, <laughs> like we wouldn't put something in an, in a video that was untrue. <laughs> make us cry. <laughs> like I'm not gonna put something in a in, in our video with our names on it. That's not true. I'm not gonna embarrass us like that. I know. And, and, and um, you guys put the sources at the yeah, end. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Um, so people will call us like misinformed, which I, truly is hysterical. It's like cute. honestly, you're witty and clever. Yeah, I think that's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so people like to make the argument that um, we're vote shaming, uh, which is interesting because we've said before that we don't want to alienate any, alienate anybody. But right. also, if you feel shame, that's not on me. <laughs> that's <laughs> on you, that's true. and that's, that's just true. me. Like. If you feel a, a, a sort of way after you watch even like 30 seconds of me talking, then like, girl, that's not my problem. Mm-hmm. You're the one who doesn't want to vote and now you feel stupid about it. So like, okay. yeah. yeah. Sorry. Were you but I think that's the hardest thing to do in this fucking country is to convince people to vote. I feel like people think it's bullshit. You know what I mean? I, I'm not gonna lie. I was one of those people. Like, what? I, My mom would be like, you got to vote. And I'd be like, for what? It doesn't affect me. That's legit how I used to think. But now, you know, I'm getting informed, ladies and gentlemen. You feel me? And I'm just like, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm starting like me and Roxanne. We had a conversation. It started. It started off like a couple weeks ago. I was like, yo, I was talking about having a guest, and she was like, oh, I could be your guest. And I was like, sweet. What will we talk about? Should we start diving into like politics and stuff? And I was like, what the fuck? I was getting riled up. I was I was fucking angry, right? Cause it's so much bullshit in this world, right? And I was like, man, what the fuck? And I was like, man, I gotta start voting. I gotta start being part of this. You know, starting to you know be you know, fucking educated and all this stuff, and, and it's like, how do you how do you convince people to to vote? I have a quote. I have a quote from episode one in form, ladies and gentlemen, right? Where Ileana says uh, in episode one, right? She goes, "When you're more informed, you realize that you care more than you might think you do." So the problem that I have, is like, so I, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, by the way. But the problem I have is like, all right, I, that's facts. That quote is facts, but 
But how do you get people to see the importance and be informed about politics or about social issues or about just, you know what I mean? Things that affect their daily fucking lives. You know what I'm saying? To that, oh no, I was just saying to, to, to the little story you had about you and I, that story makes me laugh because as I was telling Vic, you need to vote, you need to get out there and vote. I was also like looking up how to get a Canadian visa in case, in, in case Trump <laughs> like it, I was just having a bad idea. I need a plan B in case none of this works out. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but to what, after Vic stops joking. <laughs> oh, shit. She's that ass. I'm being so scared. There was actually a, there was actually a spike in, in in Massachusetts for like Google searches and like how to get Canadian visas like after the <laughs> oh wow and I was part of that I was definitely not feeling good that night but to what <laughs> oh shit I'm sorry I'm sorry no, I'm, I'm glad you're having a good time it's okay baby don't worry we gotta have some laughs now but um oh my what? god that's so, facts ladies and gentlemen that's facts <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm dying. Oh, my God. Yo, Water you're matching your hat nose. in the jersey, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let, yo, let her speak. Let her speak. Let her speak. Uh, yeah, keep going. Okay, I just want to say to what Vic was saying about making other people care about their vote and care about care about <laughs> making each other vote. It's it's definitely an issue that we've run into because it's I don't know how to make people care about other people if they just already don't mm -hmm. and it's hard to convince people to be to because literally what we're doing is to, we're asking people to become more empathetic mm -hmm. we're asking people to say i may not understand the struggle you have but i'm with you and and you know when we say we want biden to win it's not because we think he's the grand because he's a god yeah. or he's this grand all be all candidate or whatever it's because we rec we can recognize that what he has said he's willing what he has said he's willing to do for minority groups and for and for marginalized communities and really just any community who has been overlooked by the Trump administration mm -hmm. far exceeds any promises that Trump has made. Mm -hmm. And it's and I also don't want to belittle anybody's like reasoning, you know, it's like because I understand that again, Biden voted on the 94 crime bill. And I would never want to take away yeah. I would never I would never want to dismiss anybody's feelings on that ever. Because I know that what that was an awful decision. And For the people at home, can you explain what that is? I don't know what that is. If you want. Oh so <laughs> I, I talk about this, I get like hyped. Because somebody basically tried to tell me that I didn't care about black and brown lives because I was voting for Biden and Biden had his foot in the 1994 crime bill, which led to the three strikes policy that led to the mass incarceration of black and brown people. However, <laughs> I've said this before and I'll say it a million times. Um, like I, my vote for Biden doesn't equate to a, a full 100% alignment with him. I recognize his blemishes and I don't fully trust him, but I trust him far more than I will ever trust Donald Trump a day in my life. And so I also think it's important to recognize that people can change, mm -hmm. uh, even though I don't necessarily always believe that it's happened when people say that it has. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to at least hope for it because mm -hmm. how can we want a world that is less terrible and then once people are trying to to to, to get there even if mm -hmm. they were in a place that was racist or or problematic in any other way how how would we have a how are we having a problem with that right like i want you to be better i want you to make a promise to me that you're not going to be like this anymore um and you know i'll say too like he he had the opportunity to say black lives matter and he didn't uh and i don't respect that at all 
Mm-hmm. I, um, but I also recognize um, in a very detached way, in a way that, again, like I said, I have no respect for it, but I recognize that he is trying to still keep the people who, who would be upset by the words Black Lives Matter. Yeah. I think those people fucking suck. Yeah, that's but a, I also like, recognize that he he also, he, he's trying to keep his, his vote like as big as possible. Like as many people that need to vote him in, need to vote him in. Yeah. And so while I wish he did say Black Lives Matter um, because they do and he needs to say it, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I realized why he didn't because you yeah. know, saying that might make his, his vote count lower it's like a it's like a game of hopscotch bro you have exactly. to like hop like around without the right things because you want to keep you know what that's like i was telling big earth all right i have like three things backed up in my head the first thing i'm gonna say you said you said that you want you think that we need to get people you're trying to ask people to be more empathetic if you could do that you'll solve every problem in the world because that's world. that's literally why people are racist they're not empathetic they don't understand why people are in like black and brown people have a more struggle why there's more crime in that in their in their areas because they they're not being empathetic they don't put themselves in that shoot so we could do that you know obviously i think all of our problems will will go away and we'll actually have good candidates for president too but um two you you were saying about uh keeping the votes so um one thing I think I was telling Vic earlier, I was like, bro, the reason Trump said, I feel like the reason Trump says like some stuff and doesn't say some stuff is because he knows who he's like, who his audience is. Like, I feel like the same the same way, uh, what's his name? Joe, Joe Biden didn't say Black Lives Matter is probably why he said stand stand down, stand by for, for the, the Proud Boys because that's his audience, bro. That's literally the people who are going to vote for him is that audience, which obviously this is stupid, bro. You should be able to be like, yo, we were good people. We want a good president, but that's lit. Is that I think it's the game of politics is because it's a game sometimes, and it's too much like a game sometimes. It's like, it's like really like a team. It's like sometimes I feel like you're a Democrat. You have to think. You gotta cheer for the Yankees or the Red Sox, bro. Like yeah, There's and no if ends or buts. The the same way if I I'm a Red Sox fan, I hate the Yankees fans just because they're a Yankees fan. If I'm a Democrat, I have to hate a Republican, which I feel like. It, that's not the right way because then that's how we get division in this country, bro. And that's like one thing I think is like, do you think that the two party system is actually like, like, you know, beneficial to anybody? It's, it's like, is it efficient or like, is it good? No, no not at all. I like, sorry. No, no, you're just. Um, I think that, that, you know, division is such an issue and it's so important to educate people lovingly and, and gently. But it's also really hard for people, myself sometimes, to, to receive uh, education from people because you want to feel like you have nothing to learn from anybody, like you already have it figured out. Um, and, and it's so rare to come across people who are willing to just listen and ask questions that are actually meaningful and, for, and foster actual conversation that is beneficial for everybody involved. Because a lot of people, like, you know, a lot of our, our parents or our friends' parents, they don't want to hear anything from us about like yeah. like simple shit, let alone politics. Mm-hmm. So when you try to educate people and try to make them just care, um, I think what it comes down to is the way in which you say things. So that's why I always try to be conscious of, of how loud I'm talking, how fast I'm talking, the inflection in my voice, did I cuss? Like I gotta work on that. All of <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's like outside of politics too, because even today, like, I just I, I came here after teaching, right? And so to today we had a Socratic seminar and my kids are talking to each other and they're asking really amazing questions. My kids are so insightful. They're an AP lit, by the way. So like they're they're older and they're they're talking about things that really, you know, pervade. You teach high school? Yes, I do. 
<laughs> what high school? Beast. <laughs> Chelsea, oh, tell us. Chelsea High School. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. Oh, really? Damn, that's crazy. You, so, so are you? You and William talk to each other about school? Because I know no, he's no, a teacher. I see, him, I see him tweeting how he's playing Among Us during class, and I scream. I'm like, sir. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, which means I'm playing Among Us, and I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, in class today, the kids are talking about, you know, is this ever gonna end? And and I feel bad. I feel really bad just kind of sitting there and hearing them talk about it because they're so hopeful, but not. And, and we feel the same way. Like, I can't tell them that this will end one day or that they will have somebody in power who cares about them and their family and their friends and their community. I can't say that. I don't know. And I don't even know that I believe it. But but it, it sucks, though. Like, when, I feel like when you're in places where you hear youth talk like that, then you might actually start to care a little bit more. And I feel like people don't get that opportunity. And it's not their fault that they don't get that opportunity. But... I don't know. I think you have to go out of your way and you have to seek like new environments and, and seek new conversation with different people. Because if you just stay mm -hmm. in your bubble forever, then what the hell, when are you going to learn? And that's a yes. choice that people make. People forget yeah. that. It's a choice you make to learn. And it's a choice mm -hmm. that you make to be accountable for who you are as an adult. Like if you think that you're a good person, then you need to demonstrate that you are one, which again, I can talk about forever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> I think I think I always say this: the, be the beautiful thing about being human is the ability to change. And and like I've seen it, I've seen it. Like this white dude, right? His name is Drew Brees. He plays for the New Orleans Saints, right? He said like a week after George Floyd um, got murdered, right? He said some bullshit. He was like, "I don't care." Uh, uh, what the fuck he said? He was like, "I don't kneel. care." You don't. Oh, you shouldn't kneel. Yeah, I don't care under any circumstances. You shouldn't kneel under. Uh, you shouldn't kneel for the flag. Uh, my grandpa was in the military. Blah blah. Whatever. Um. You know what I mean? And it was like, what the fuck? And I was like, Drew Brees wanted like, he's he's a beast, right? And I was like, yo, he got some, you know, he got records and stuff. And I was like, fuck him. Like, yo, what are you saying? You're a fucking idiot. And he came to the media and he was like, listen, I was wrong. Uh, and he was, he basically was like, I got to learn from my black teammates, this and that. I was unaware of the things I was saying. I, I thought I was just protecting my grandpa, this and that. And now, you know, now I'm like, all right, he's a cool dude. Cause he kind of learned from, the bullshit, you know what I mean? He had that capability to change and everybody has that instilled in them. It's just if you fucking want it or not, like you said, educating yourself is a fucking choice. Whether, you know, whether I could tell you everything that I know in my life, but if you don't take that shit and run with it, that's your fucking problem. I already, I already did my job. I try to help you as much as I could. But if you don't get, you know, if you don't get the grasp of whatever the fuck I'm saying or that Black Lives Matter, whatever, whatever I'm saying, then you're, that's your fault. That's not my fault, bro. I tried to do what I had to do. I think oh. it speaks a lot to who we are as a people when people like us, if we try to have conversations with our families or with anybody outside of, of our, you know, sphere of, of friends who are like-minded people, who like, if we're told that we're being sensitive or we're being, uh, we're asking too much or we're naive, that just speaks to who we are as a people and the ways that we've been taught to be selfish and cynical because that's how the world has worked up until now. Nothing has mm -hmm. worked. Nothing, yeah. is, nothing is going well, obviously. Um, things are just mass and, and are made to appear as though they've been better than they are or than they were before. But I don't know. It, it's really sad. It's sadder than anything in the world to me how people just, they choose cynicism and they choose selfishness over anything else, uh, you know, out of survival at, at, at its very core, but people are just unwilling to, to look outside of 
other things that yes. don't affect them. Yeah. I, I was going to say just brief, just super briefly, like I, I like one of the things I do enjoy is like when I see things like, you know, Democrats for Texas or groups like that. Mm -hmm. And it's like we see these like these nice and they don't have to necessarily be Democrats, but if they are able to rec if they come from like a very rural or very conservative area and they're able to see for themselves and they're able to like kind of see past what they've been taught and and kind of see for themselves oh my god like these all these injustices that are happening within my own sphere within my own country and they're able to look past that and try to do better for themselves that's very demonstrative of the fact that you know people are able to change people are able to look past what they've been taught their entire life which is not easy like unlearn like learning is difficult but unlearning is unlearning itself is so difficult like like to erase what you've been literally taught would you have been taught to raise sorry since you were a kid yeah yeah would you have been taught to learn your entire life would you have been what do you have been preached about your entire life to unlearn that and decide for yourself no no this set of values is wrong and this is this this is the set i'm gonna adapt from now on that is so difficult yeah so when people make the conscious effort to say like again like what what vic was saying about the about the football player and how he was able to say oh my god like i i didn't Consider this perspective, and mm -hmm. because of that, my my mind has changed. That's such, oh, that's, that's commendable, such a, and that's such a commendable thing to see. Nice. So, and, Yana, you said one time this thing was like, you said this thing one time where it's like, if like the point of our efforts to like, to combat racism is is to make these racists not racist anymore, then you know, that's a you we need it. to be able to, to to have compassion for people. You said it, yeah, even when it's hard to do that, yeah. like. Which I really, like you said, Jason, like if we could just be compassionate and empathetic, that could solve everything. everything. But also we need to remember to have compassion for people who who don't seem like they deserve it um, because they need it the most, I think. Mm -hmm. Which is like hard to put in practice. Like it's hard to actually do yeah. that. But at the end of the day, it's like, like I know like when I'm in, you know, as a student myself, like when I'm in class and I'm the only person of color in the room and somebody says some crazy shit, like I, I have to... I yeah, fucking pissed. Yeah, like I'm like I'm mad, but I'm also gonna think about all right. <laughs> like like how can I approach you in such a way that will actually do something? Yeah. Like that will actually change this. Because if I just come at you mad as hell, because I am mad as hell, um, I'm just you know, I'm just angry and then I'm sensitive and and I just wanna fight with you, but I don't wanna fight with you and I wanna talk to you. You understand. Um, yeah, and, and I want you to understand why what you said or, or what you perpetuate why it's harmful mm -hmm. um and i don't know i feel like it, we just have to literally just remind ourselves all the time and i know that that's hard and it's exhausting and it feels like we are doing so much and it's to no avail like wh why should i try so hard to be a good person if nobody's you know reciprocating that to me well at the end of the day it's like you're either trying or you're not yeah and so even if it doesn't do anything, you get to go to bed at night knowing that you're trying your hardest. And, and no matter what anybody else is doing or thinking, you're doing you. And you're trying to do your best for, for what you can do. I think mm. that. So I've had similar situations where, like, somebody says something and I'm just like, the fuck did they just say? The fuck did yeah. you just say? <laughs> like, in my head. But I think it's like taking a step back and having patience, you know, like, you know, being like, I. I understand most likely you're just ignorant. Like, I mean, it's not your fault that you're probably saying this stuff. You've just been taught to say this stuff your whole life. And I think what's tough is like going to the other person and telling them what you think 
when you know for a fact they're probably not going to listen just because of what you look like already, bro. Like, literally, they're talking shit about you. Why would they respect you enough to give you the time of day for, for you to help them understand something? So that's another thing that's, like, it's hard. Like, it's really, it really is hard, bro, to, like, keep your composure. You're cool, and not bro. Want them up. Like, that's literally, like, straight up. That's, like, I'd be, like, looking at people sometimes and they're saying some ignorant shit, and I'm, like, you should get smacked like that's ba- like you should like so you can understand what you deserve is a smack in the mouth bro, or some shit because you clearly do not understand what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I, I think what I do is is really just be like, what are you saying? Like, what are you talking? It's just ask questions because like, mm-hmm. do I don't think that they understand that they're what they're saying is is the wrong thing. Like I had a, I have a friend who was white and he grew up in a community that was like white right like like three black people or some shit like that right so he doesn't know he didn't know when when he came to school that he was like he ended up being like a like my the room right next to me right so we became good friends he was cool whatever and he would just like say stuff that i'd be like yo is he being racist like i couldn't tell so instead of me being mad and be like yo what the fuck is wrong with you you're mad racist i was like Yo, do you realize what you said? Like, hurt my feet, like, could hurt somebody's feelings, bro, and hurt my feelings. And he was like, What do you mean? And I was like, And I would explain it to him slowly, like, Yo, this is what I think. And this is what it made me feel like when you said that. And he was, and I'd be like, Yo, did you, did you think that you were saying, did you think that you were doing that when you said what you said? And he was like, Nah, bro, I was just saying it. Like, those are just jokes that I used to have with my friends. And I'm like, All right, so clearly, they can obviously joke all they want about black people and about Hispanic people and about anybody, Asians or whatever minority, they can joke about it in their city because that's nobody's going to say nothing. They're growing up in a city where people are looking like them. So I'm like, all right, I think it's like our job, you know, as us, that when we get into, we get to have the opportunity to be in rooms with these types of people. It's our job to like be patient and as not be not only be patient, but be, be like, you know, strong, at it bro like be strong be strong enough to be like yo i'm not afraid of you and this is and let, let, let's get a conversation what's what's wrong why do you think this what do you what makes you think that you're better or what makes you think that i'm worse like it's confusing to me and then you know you get their perspective and ho- maybe that's what opens up the chance for them to want to be you know change because if you like you said if you come at them with the, with the fury bro it's gonna be like all right yo get out of here bro i don't respect you and that's it that, but- that that's hard though. That's a hard fight to do. I did it every day for like three years, bro. You know what I mean? Like, bro, being the only Spanish dude on the team, like, you know, and I worked at the bank. Like, it's it's weird, bro. It's like you guys know me. You got someone says something to me, I say some bullshit back. You know what I mean? A clap back quick, always. You know what I mean? But it's like a thing where I, I felt like I was always holding my tongue, or I felt like I I couldn't say certain things because and then and then I because I feel like I felt like I was like. Like, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my people, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I... Honestly, oh, fuck you, what the not fuck? even what just for your people. You, talking about? you know what I mean? It's like, for them, yeah. too. It's for them, too. It's yeah, more yeah, for but them like, than anybody. I felt like if I were to, like, act up, you know what I mean? Clap back, like, oh, yo, you're a bitch or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like all the, the hard work I did to get to the race, I would have just been, like, it would have been for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's like, it's like, it was, I'm telling you, bro, it's, it's the, it's tough as fuck. I did it every fucking day and I got tired of it. I even, yo, as Jason, I wasn't myself. I was like to be, to not be yourself every day is mad hard. It's the hardest thing you could ever do, but it's the game we have to play to conquer it one day. You know what I mean? So I understand that, but like you guys said, it's not fucking easy. Cause even, even me, I mean, I try to, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
but I try to have great positive energy or whatever, but it's it deteriorated yeah. who the fuck I was, bro. I was like person. breaking you down. Yeah, like it it it, it like chiseled me, bro. And I I I I, yeah. I left, bro, because I fucking couldn't, bro. It's it's it sucks that it's our responsibility. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, like white people can't learn that much from white people, right? <laughs> like, they have to learn from us. And so, and I'm speaking specifically about white people. We can also talk about any other marginalized group of people, but specifically like people of color and white people, like it, it's hard for us to have that responsibility where we have to teach because it's exhausting. Yeah. And you're like, I shouldn't have to do this. Mm-hmm. Like you should just be willing to learn on your own. But at the same time, like I said, white people can't learn that much from white people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, I feel like we have to, um, recognize the power that's in that though like the how how powerful that is to be able to teach people um even when they're not listening in that moment maybe two years from now they'll remember what we said to them and they'll be like oh shit i think it's it's also difficult because for instance some of these stereotypes that come with being a person of color for instance you don't want to like as latinas we don't want to like lash out and then become the angry like the angry latina who like oh yeah the spicy latina who's gonna come at your neck or in other instances like the angry black girl or or you know the angry it's and it's usually with like a person of color that that angry angry, whatever yeah yeah yeah. yeah, whatever it is it's hard because again it's like what what vic was saying where it's like we want to be seen as like this as like this very well-to-do professional kind of personality and sometimes that might even chip away at like what we consider ourselves like I think we're pretty bubbly, nice people for the most part, but yeah. sometimes we can, but sometimes we can be a little loud. And so we have to like, sometimes we feel like we have to tuck that in, even though, even though it's part of who we are. <laughs> I like, I had to go like, uh, drop off my, my forms, like my Corey forms and then like my fingerprints at the yeah, yeah, yeah. a little while ago. And like, I got there, like, first of all, when I called before I left my house, I called to let them know that I was going inside because you got to call city hall before you go. Um, and I start talking, I introduce myself, and the Caucasian woman on the phone goes, no, I didn't hear one word. Say that again. And I go, ma'am, excuse me. If you needed me to repeat myself, you needed to ask me politely. And she was like, because she didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. She thought that I was going to cower and be submissive and be like, oh, sorry, ma'am. I'm like, bitch, no. The fuck? Why you? I'm like, I'm like, how dare you? But also at the same time, I've definitely been in positions where I felt so embarrassed afterward yeah. because I was, I was like cowering or mm-hmm. I was feeble in front of a white person. And I hate that, but it's real. And I'm like, you'd be scared, I, bro. It's like, it's like some, like the one thing, like if we're un- like uncovering myths, you know, informed uncovering myths. So one, <laughs> one myth that I, I've, I've heard a lot from white people is that they say that they don't have white privilege. Right. And, and the thing I think that the reason that they might not feel privileged in themselves, they're not living life like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm better. I'm like, I'm, I, have, I have a privilege for something. It's more like you don't have the negative effects of your skin color being different is the privilege that you have. Like, for example, a white person never has to defend their race. Who are they going to defend their race from? Other than maybe us when we get tight that, yo, you're fucking white and you think you're better than us. <laughs> That's the only person that they have to defend themselves from. And that's only because they're probably acting a way where they think they're better than us. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's already a privilege right there is that you don't have to defend yourself. Like 
literally, we got to carry this whole, not even the burden of me being 22. You know, I'm trying to better my life and be a person, an individual. I got to put on top of that, I'm a Hispanic male that's going to, you know, struggle. You guys have to put on top of that, I'm a Hispanic woman. A woman already is has more struggle than a man. So it's right. like, we as individuals already are, we have stuff holding us back from being where you guys are or where white people are because you guys have that privilege where you don't have to be like that. Or another one too is you don't have to be afraid of a cop trying to shoot you. Plain and simple. That's the privilege you have of not being afraid to live your life the way you want to live it. You know, that's an un uncovering myths right there, you know? <laughs> real quick, real quick, Jason, bro. When we were walking the streets, bro, Black Lives Matter, bro. I was, bro, I was scared for your life, bro. This man was going up to police officers, fist in the air, and he was like, just giving it to them. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, I'm, I'm over here, you know, chanting or whatever, but I was like, dude, you're, I think, you know, you're kind of like testing the waters with your life, bro. I hey, was bro, scared bro. for my boy's life. You know what I mean? I and it was like, die. yeah, nah, and it was like a thing, bro. Like, I was like, man, this dude, Jason is, is for it, bro. And he gave me like the, the confidence, bro. Like, I, I felt like I was like, you know what I mean? Cause see, like in that moment, the, the thing I was saying to them was, you know, like we were literally like going on protests, right? And then there was like, bro, cops like down the line, like bro, bro I probably saw five hundred cops. National guard, that night. bro. National guard. Five hundred cops, and I'm like, bro, I'm thinking, I'm like looking at these dudes, and I'm like, wow, there's so many fucking cops. My next thought was, bro, these dudes are getting paid overtime, not just regular pay. They're getting paid overtime. And the reason they're getting paid overtime was because George Floyd got murdered in the middle of the street. So that made people want to go and protest. So then they got to work. So basically they're getting paid overtime because a black man died. So I was trying to appeal to their senses, you know, and be like, yo, you guys are making extra money and you guys don't deserve this at all. Not one bit. You don't deserve it. You should, you, yo, I hope you do something good with that extra money you do. Donate it to, donate it to some charity that's helping black people. Donate to any, uh, even anything, like anything, but it's not your money. It shouldn't be your money. You shouldn't be looking at that paycheck and happy about that. You should be pissed that that number is bigger than it, it was because that was because a black man died. That shit's fucking crazy to me. And that's when I was like, I was like, bro, I don't even care, bro. Fuck it. If I die because I'm saying this shit, fuck it, dude. Whatever. Dude, I'm dude, trying to get this that, message across. Yeah, Jay, I don't know if you remember. There was a moment, bro, where they were on the bikes, bro, and they separated me and you. They went between us, bro. The tactics, dude, I was, bro. I was, bro, I was, I was, bro, hands up. I was shaking, bro. I was like, oh, man, I'm I'm done for, bro. I got the beard, bro. I'm Spanish, bro. I'm, I'm Hispanic, bro. I'm about to get fucked up, bro. Like, yo, one look at the cop. I'm getting banged on, bro. I was, bro, I was mad scared, bro. And that's just the... Bro, create, bro, I'll look up to you for the till the day I die, bro. Cause because of that, bro, for many me. things, but because of that, oh, it's not you. I forgot, it's not you. And the and the timing of all that is so crazy because mind you, we're still we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. Mind you, as that was all happening. So police were being paid overtime. Meanwhile, you know, has like hospitals and 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 essential forces are being underpaid and they're not being paid, you know, in emergency money and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that, even though they're the ones who are actually risking their lives every single day in the mm -hmm. midst of a pandemic to do this. And it's like, and again, we could talk about like defunding the police all we want, but my, my kind of thing is just like, you know, the police, like Boston police budgeting, I don't remember what the exact number of it was, but I think it was somewhere around the hundred millions or something like that. And it's like, why, why are why is this police force being allotted that much money 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, hospitals at the time were like scrambling to find PPE to like, they were wearing like trash bags as like gowns yeah. at that point. And it's like, how are we gonna treat the people who are actually putting their lives on the line? Treat them as, treat them like this. And then police who are literally, you know, I think at, at that time there were reports of like police brutality and tear gassing and stuff like that. And it's like, we're paying them extra time. We're paying them overtime for this when they really don't deserve it. They're really, you know, mm-hmm what is it like protect and protect and serve or still like that when you're really just harming the people that you're supposed to protect kind of thing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely like, it's, it's murky waters talking about that shit. Cause it's, no, it's know, literally right. like, if you, t- honestly, I feel like talking about any social issue is like tough, bro. Like for me, like there's so many things going on. Black lives matter, the presidential election, there's Muslim people getting concentration camps in China. There's these people like all over the world. There's all these issues. And especially now with social media, it's like so it. easy. It's so easy to find out about them. Like you see it. And it, bro, I feel like it's like it, it becomes our burden. Like I have to live my life knowing there's so I'm trying to live my life be, a, you know, Jason being, you know, I'm trying to live a good life, whatever. But I feel like. I'm being selfish by doing that because I don't have, because I'm not paying attention to all these issues. And it really, I feel like it's a struggle. Like, it, like, I don't know how people don't go insane. I mean, people probably are going insane. Like, it, like you gotta be thinking about this shit daily, bro. Every single day something's going on and it's so easy. The news will come to you and I'm the, and I literally, there'll be days where I like start scrolling on Twitter and there's just so many issues and I'm just like, yeah, bruh, what do I do, bro? Like, and I don't know what it is, I really think that people just have to find a way to like true pick and choose the issues they want to deal with. Cause like, there's not, I don't even know. Like it's, it's tough, bro. Cause our, our, our generation that I think that's, but that, again, that the, the fact that we have the chance to speak through social media and everything, and we get to see all these issues, we actually do have the chance to make some change. Cause we get to speak to each other so easily. So it's like a burden and, you know, it's good in the way, but it's, I feel like I'd be struggling to, to, you know, live my life because this world is hard, bro. Like literally it's hard. I think that this is kind of a simple answer and maybe a little bit of a little bit of a cop out, but like, we're not built to, to receive this much trauma every single day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not supposed to know what's happening in China. Like, like social media was made by us. And so, so now I do, and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I should absolutely know what's happening over there. And I should be aware of what's happening in the world and and how humans are treating each other. But even if I can't do something right now, immediately in this moment to help somebody who I want to help so bad, who I don't even know, I can do the little things where I am Mm -hmm. like things like this, like having conversations with people who care, like, Mm -hmm. um, and, and people having conversations with people who don't care. And even if you don't want to have a conversation with somebody, do something for them, I think. Like, mm. um, and, and I feel like sometimes people want recognition so bad for the nice things that they do. That's stupid. Just do them. Yeah. Stupid. Like, just, just be kind. Like, just do things that, that you can do. And and if you feel like there's something that you can do, I don't know, do some research. <laughs> like, like, can you, like, can you donate to a school? Yeah. Or, or could you donate to a woman's shelter? Or any other homeless shelter, like like what can you do then? Um, and not even like financially, but like things in your house that you're no longer using, or, or you know, food, or literally anything that you could do, or even just being kind to people, just being nice, and just being. That's patient. the one. Like like literally just that. Like it's so easy for people to be like, um, 
have that mentality where it's like, you know, nothing bothers me. Like, like I'm unfazed. I remain unbothered. Or like, can't nobody fuck with me. I'm a bad bitch. And it's like, girl, can't you just be nice? <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is cute about that? Or like, yeah. what is nice about being a tough guy? Like, none of that is cute. Like, just be kind to people. Yeah. Mm. I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think that's like the, if, if there's anything I, I could do, right, is... I try to be as nice as possible to like people I don't know, right? Obviously, like you know, Jason, he's like a brother to me. I'll roast him about his nose. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it could be considered mean, but I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, it's all out of love. I don't mean it maliciously. I'm not over here fucking. Oh man, how can I insult Jason today to fucking hurt his, you know, hurt his feelings? Oh, or, you know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Style, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like um, me and Jason, we did uh, we did like we cleaned up the streets, right? And last I week, was, yeah. yeah, last week we cleaned up the streets. It was awesome. We did it, did it like a event with Bruce Buda. He's a beast. He's one of my good friends, right? Another one and coming up soon, too. Another one coming up. He's a beast. Yeah, he's awesome. But yeah, so and like uh, I posted some pics, right? I just wanted to bring some awareness. I wanted people to come. People were hitting me up like, yo, man, you're you're a beast, bro. Like, yo, you're you know, you're awesome, man. Like, this is this is awesome. And I was just like, listen, man, it's not me. I'm not. I'm no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm no one. I'm just Victor Rodriguez. And I just, I'm just doing what I think is right. And I'm just trying to bring awareness to it. I was like, yo, it's not me. I'm not, I'm not a God or nothing. I'm not, I'm not awesome. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm legit, you know, I'm, you know, influenced, bro. Like I'm just influenced by good people. I have, I've been fortunate enough to have just great people in my life. You know, you, you two, Jason, you know, I've known you guys for forever. It's just influence, you know, my, my parents, you know, I've been influenced to think like this, it's not, it's not me, it's you guys, you know what I mean? The, my circle, my people that have helped me become who I am. It's not, I'm not a fucking special person. Yo, man, you know, anyone can pick up some trash, you know what I mean? Anyone could just grab some bags, bro, go with the homies and clean some streets. Like, uh, cause I don't know, I just thought it was, we thought it was something important that we really had to fucking do, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, yeah, oh. no, I think it, I think it's off of like what I was saying earlier about the world being hard, like, there's so many things, so many issues that I was just like, bro, we got to do something. I can't just sit here and be so like struggling to, to understand why there's so much struggle in the world. I might as well go and make some sort of change by doing something with myself. You know, that's the least I can do. That's literally the bare minimum I can do is do something, you know, because doing nothing is not doing nothing. You know, even these conversations like I would like I, at first I thought our conversations were where I was like it was nothing. But then I was realizing like, yo. If somebody's listening, they could they have the chance to then think freely for themselves to understand like, yo, stuff is going on. What can I do? Like, you know, just thinking that they get people thinking because that's that's something that's not not hard, not easy for anybody, bro. Like to get if somebody says something stupid in the class and I'm gonna be like, yo, why'd you just say that shit? They're most likely not gonna be like, oh, shut the me shut up. Like, it's not it's not easy to get people thinking, bro. But the you know the chance that we do give people by having the conversations. That's that was beautiful, and I was like, bro, we could do more, of course. And you know, we're starting to move. I'm trying to think some of some more stuff. We're gonna, you know, I'm just, bro, this world is fucked up. As much as it is, there's there's good and there's bad. I, I love this world because I get to be with my my brother Vic right here. You know, it's just fun. We we had a two hour podcast with ourselves on the phone earlier. I was just oh, yeah, like, yeah. looking out the window, just thinking because that's just you know, though this world is awesome because I get to do that. But mm -hmm. you know. I have to be able to express some positivity into it somehow. So that's why we decided to do that. I hope we continue to do it. And that's, you know, that's us. Um, 
So another thing, bro, I was thinking. So going back to what you, what you guys were saying about the voting, right? So we were talking about how voting, like, it's hard to get people to vote, right? And so I was telling Vic earlier, bro, I was like, bro, you know what pisses me off, bro? Somehow, where I'm He American, was pissed, ladies and gentlemen. Like, actually, I was pissed off. I, I've angry. been pissed off for years, bro. Don't worry about it. But I was like, we as American citizens, right, have no idea how are the American pol political system works because we are not taught it in school at yep. all. Yep. That is the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard yes. in my entire life, bro. I, I was literally thinking earlier this, like earlier today, I was like, why was I taught colonial history every single year? But the first 12 years of my life. And why was I never taught how the government works? Yeah, I'm That's like, what I'm saying. I'm like, George Washington is cool. Fucking Confucius is cool. But like, can you tell me about what's happening right now today exactly. that's affecting me now? It's like, there are so many of us who, I still don't fully understand how taxes work, for instance. Me neither. And like, that's so like for, that's so for some reason, I know how like the pilgrims lived back in the 1600s. <laughs> Something's not right here. And I was thinking why government, like a, a straight up government 101 class should be like mandatory for yes. all high schools. Like kids should understand how they're set how to how the senate works how the congress works how mm -hmm. how like all these different things that go into congress work like the fact that really i left high school with only the most basic understanding of like how the presidency works mm -hmm. i didn't even like I, it wasn't until like this year really that i understood how sent how the senate's chosen how the congress is chosen and stuff like that and that and that only happened because I like the nominee for Massachusetts for the Massachusetts mm -hmm. Senate, Ed Markey. Like if he hadn't been involved, I probably still wouldn't know a single thing about it. Yeah. So it, it really shouldn't have to take like it shouldn't have to take like, you know, a special interest story to pique somebody's interest. These are things yeah. that we should all really already understand. Things like that. Yeah. Especially like I'm saying, we're American citizens and we're making decisions on what's going to affect us as American citizens. And I can't make an accurate decision because I don't know how it works. Like, that's kind of stupid. Yeah, Nana, you were going to say Yeah, I like I have an issue as an educator. I have an issue with education <laughs> and what happens in education here. Um, I think that like people in, in English language arts, we have a very unique job where we get to teach people you get to teach younger people because um, I, I like to say that I you know I teach kids I don't I teach content too but I but the most important thing is that I'm teaching people mm -hmm. um, and, and I like to to remind myself and to remind them that like what we're doing is learning about what it means to be human and and what it means to 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 make change that we want to see because if we're reading this book and this book gets us pissed right <laughs> that, 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 right like i love it i love when kids get pissed or when kids get they feel really touched by a book and, and they want to talk about it and they want to talk about how it makes them feel because i love that because it makes them think and remember the lives that they're living right now uh th they're the ones who get to change it uh, um but, but when i think about like history that's when i get mad because mm -hmm. <laughs> like i like what i do and i like talking about literature and i like talking about what it means and, and what it says about people but <laughs> because i i understand the importance of knowing how we got here mm -hmm. but i i think it's more important to talk about now yes because we almost encourage without knowing it the education system in itself and the people who are part of it. We encourage without knowing or without wanting to, we encourage kids 
to not do the research, to not even try to learn about what's happening in, in the government or um, in the their world. own like, cities. Like, like we, we encourage it by not talking about it. Mm -hmm. Acting like, you know, keep politics out of the classroom. Yeah. Now these kids are never going to know until they graduate and they realize, I don't know anything. Maybe I should do some research. Yeah. Um, and or, I, I, or they just don't care altogether. Exactly. So mm -hmm. it's one or the other. So I've kind of been babbling. It's kind of taking me a while to like put it nah. I think, I think it was a coherent. I think it was a coherent thought. Okay, thank you. But I just like, yeah, it pisses me off how like kids kids can leave school understanding people and understanding what it means to be good and what it means to be bad and the nuances within that. But kids are also going to leave not knowing how intricate the oppressive systems in this country are, mm -hmm. um, which fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's so. Why don't oh. I understand? Why don't I? Why don't I understand like the system that I'm literally a part in and cannot leave? Yeah, exactly. It just, it just makes no sense. Conspiracies. The government yeah. wants us to be like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I think I think um, history history is 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 important though. I think with it depends on like not the fucking pilgrims. <laughs> I mean, you that could be important. Like, it's, I mean, it's I guess how, you kind know, of. Like, like I feel like I feel like that's kind of like a fun fact, you know. Oh my God, pilgrims. Right? Nah, but it's but definitely think, like government has to be put in I, there I, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's how like like because within history, right? Within your past, you could figure out, you could learn from people that have done it before, or like for example, Black Lives Matter, right? The movement that we are living now, right? Uh, from the '60s, right? You could read Martin Luther King, you could read Malcolm X, Robert Kennedy, uh, JFK, you could just within that decade itself, you could learn and potentially get better for the movement that is today. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, but then uh, there's also bullshit in history. You know what I mean? That you, you're you never going to fucking use in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't think of an example, yeah. but like, it's like. I, 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 could, I, I used to be able to name all the countries in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do that as a seventh grade thing. I had to write every state. I had to remember every country. And there was a test where I had to write every country into into a, a map of, of Africa. It's kind of a flex. And, and how do, yeah, that's a flex. But also, how does that help you? Why instead of that, why aren't you naming um, people who are in the Senate? Yeah. Because those are the people who are yeah. making decisions for us, right? Like, for myself. Yeah, we should be, I, I kind of think that this is a little bit of a, you know, conspiracy. <laughs> my, my conspiracy. We love those here. We love, we love those. But like, I really do think that like the the curriculum that's been in place for so long is as a way to convince students that there is a detachment from what happened fifty years ago. Like, it's a way to to convince students that what's happening right now today is somehow different than what has already happened, mm -hmm. or that it's it's what happening now is something that they don't need to worry about because it doesn't look like this thing in your textbook and it's like no but it does it absolutely does um i think it's interesting that we don't want to talk about you know politics in the classroom or we don't want to talk about you know the really hard things like um like black lives matter and and, and everything that's within that or we don't want to talk about you know rape culture or things like that but it's like these are the things that people are going through now and this is history we're in it so why isn't it as important as fucking George Washington's wooden teeth? Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's just weird. For me, it's just a way to convince kids that that their issues and their concerns right now are not as significant as 
as what's happened to people before. Yeah, mm. I, I also, I saw this thing once and it might, again, this might be a conspiracy theory as well, where it's like the reason, one of the reasons why they, cause okay, so for, for context, like I saw photos that are, were like recolored or where they were original photos of, mm -hmm. the, of the 1960s civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And they were full flush color. You can actually see what was going on like as we are seeing each other currently. Mm -hmm. But the, they're saying that the reason in our textbooks, the reason we see them in black and white is so that we see the civil rights movement as something that was so long yes. ago, like way in the past, even though mm. it was technically like 50 years ago, yeah. mm -hmm. which again, like my dad's 50. So that's really like, it's not that, it's not that far off to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the reason they do that is because they want us to see it. They want us to see it as something that was in the so, past. So something that like, ago. we don't have to worry about that. That's we, believable. We, we that is believable too, yeah. Way long ago kind yeah. of thing. And so it kind of makes you not, it makes you think, oh, racism was solved back in yeah, the day. Exactly. It's already done. Yeah, mm. that kind of thing. It's, it creates a detachment, which is so sad to me. Like, mm -hmm. why do you want kids to be detached yeah. from the things I think that matter? Another, another thing is, like, I feel like the education system has, like, failed everybody. Because I feel like it's built to, like, create workers. Like, I feel like you're not supposed yeah, to think freely. Really, as a, right, that's what it started. Yeah, like, like so, like, for example, what... Um, yeah, like, uh, for example, right, I, when I worked at the bank, I had certain assignments I had to do and certain deadlines I had to meet. And you know what I mean? Boom. That's that's how I, I got the thumbs up, man. Hey, great job. You know, and in school, it's like you got certain assignments you got to do on this date. You got to do them. And then boom. Hey, congrats, man. You're going to the next grade. You did what we told you to do. I feel like I feel like we it's either schools or like we need to have classes or something where kids can just think freely. Mm -hmm. Thinking, you know what I mean? Like that should be like a just, class thinking. That yeah, thinking yeah, like fucking, <laughs> like yeah, you know what I mean? Like you should, like kids shouldn't be like it shouldn't be so, it shouldn't be like so regimented. It should be like a fucking oh, yeah, thing where yeah. it's like, it's like, all right, how do you, like why is this? Why why do you feel this way? Like what what do you what do you what do you want to learn? I, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like you should be able to think freely, and then kids could like create some crazy shit. You know what I mean? They're younger. And they think differently, so you could like solve fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like, what the fuck? I don't know. I don't know. That's how I think. I think it's like it's designed to make workers, bro. It's not designed to make CEOs. Not designed to make people that are gonna make decisions for themselves. It's designed for people to just make sheep. Take instructions and be the fuck out. Yes. Yes. To that, I also want to say there were two things I wanted to say where it's like I definitely feel that American, this American dream feels more like an assembly line where it's like you're literally just doing things to reach like a product to, to, to like reach your product and it's not even for yourself like it's like I'm getting this grade so I can pass this class not because I value what I'm learning but because I need to pass this class kind of thing and then um I forgot my second train of thought but but, but yeah it, it, it definitely oh now I remember it was the fact that at least this was this was my experience in high school when we kind of had that we had that trio class or whatever it was mm -hmm. the beginning of, at the end of the day kind of thing where it was like we were we were meant to talk about our feelings during one class and then people kind of brushed it aside which kind of made me sad because it was just like now we have these now we have this generation of kids who also just like dismiss their feelings and don't want to talk about them and it's like either we either start talking about these things early or we really put it in effort to talk about these things with our students and with our teachers. Mm -hmm. And again, like I, I, I don't want to call out the teacher who was teaching that class, but she definitely was not the type of person who took 
students' feelings seriously. Mm-hmm. So she really wasn't equipped to really talk about, she really, she wasn't equipped to talk about that type of subject matter with us anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then yeah. That, that class kind of just falls through because it's like you have kids who don't want to talk about it. You have people who aren't equipped to talk about it. And then people who actually want to discuss these things don't feel like they're in a space to do so. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now that I'm like teaching like with the kids, there's, um, I have my advisory class, which is ninth graders. It was so, advisor. Yeah, yeah. yeah, advisor. So, and it's social emotional learning. So now they specifically call it SEL advisor. Uh, and every day we do, we do talk about our feelings. And kids, you know, especially as ninth graders, uh, they're new to the school. They don't know everybody in their classes just yet. And also we're in the middle of a pandemic. So everything mm-hmm. is very sensitive right yeah. now. So it's a very different time. But I've found that it is so great that we have this and that it's it's different. So it's, yeah. it's not structured the way that it was for us because, you know, it was new for us and, and we teachers were, didn't really We were care. the guinea pigs. <laughs> we didn't, I, I mean, I mean, talking about me personally, I didn't give a fuck about that class. I go to sleep no, and shit. But now they take it more seriously and you can tell um, because it reminds students that, you know, while it may seem like they're part of a machine, they're being taught by other human beings who really care about who they are and then what they're doing because I can't expect any academic growth from you if I don't know what's happening in your head, in your in your heart, in your literal physical body, and in your house. Yeah. yeah. And, and and it's funny to me, and this this is getting me into a conversation about like Zoom and, and virtual teaching, but it's interesting to me how some people um, want to get in the classroom so bad and they're willing to put people's lives at risk um, when it's very possible to connect with people through the computer and you don't even have to see their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you don't, or you don't always have to hear the, their voice on the mic because you know some people ha- are in the circumstances where they can't turn it on or they feel uncomfortable turning it on or yeah, nervous. Yeah. Um, but you can create relationship through a computer and it's not you know optimal for a lot of people. It's not optimal for, optimal for me, but, but I've done it. You know, we've, we're doing this so far and it makes a huge difference to even just ask somebody and really mean it when you ask them how they are. Mm-hmm. Um, before you, you talk about the grade they got on their last assignment, talk about them first. Mm-hmm. And then you a little bit, like humanize yourself as an educator and tell them, Make you know, how you're feeling. For sure. Because, mm-hmm. you know, being an educator, a lot of the time you are like acting, you know, it's yeah. a little bit of performance. It's a lot mm-hmm. of the different but um, it's also I can see important. that I can see that. Yeah, but it's also you. Know, it's so important for them to understand that that I, I'm gonna have my days, just like they're gonna have their days, and I'm gonna understand both ways. And I expect that we can respect each other and have compassion and have patience and grace for ourselves and for each other, because you know, like I mentioned before, this is a very very new space. Um, and going forward, like post COVID teaching, even when it is in person, is gonna be so different. I imagine, and I hope it is. Um, Mm. yeah I just like I'll, I'll talk about this forever but I, it's just important that kids know right now especially now that they come before their grade or they come before um a skill set that mm-hmm. we want to master beautiful I love that yeah, they're mm-hmm. the most important thing I think I love that because I feel like what happens is like I, I remember I watched a video and it was like the guy was talking about how once you fail a test it really feels like you know, I'm a failure. You really like, you see the F you equal, I'm, I'm a failure myself. Yeah. And then the measure of how, how good of a person you are is also the measure of your grades and everything, you know? And obviously that's not true. Nobody, everybody knows once you're like in hindsight, once you're older, you understand that's not true. The, the quality of my, of my character is who I am as a person, not my grades. Right. 
So I, I, I love that, that that's a new thing that they're doing because I know for a fact I was like stressed, like especially like not even like like as an individual, like your parents coming at you too. Like, why the fuck you failing your test? You fucking you're a failure, bro. Like this and that. Like it becomes like, damn, I'm a less of a person because my grades suck. Like, and it's not true. That's not true for anybody. That's, that's, nobody should have to feel like they're less of a person because they're fucking up. Like everybody makes mistakes. That's literally what life is about. Falling on your ass, getting back up and keeping going. Cause that's like, that's all we can do as human beings. So, you know, the fact that, you know, you, especially you, like I can see the, the, the compassion in your eyes when you're talking about it. And it's, and it's beautiful. I was about to start crying, bro. Cause that's, that's like, that's what we need, bro. As individuals, like, and it shouldn't just start in high school. That should be something like in first grade, bro. Like I was literally thinking like, if they literally taught you how to be an empathetic person as a young, like kids don't know how to be nothing, bro. All they know how to do is yell and scream and, and <laughs> fucking run around. That's what they know how to do. We so had you, Ellen. we were lucky. Yeah, that's true. What, what is it? Miss Ellen. Miss Ellen. From the Kelly school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly school. She she did a little bit of she had some sessions where she would come into people's homes. What grade was that? It was in Kelly. And, and it was like basically like fourth, from fourth grade? I don't know what grade it was. It I remember her the most. Jason was there in like yeah, fourth grade. Sure. But Wait, I know I know you know her. Miss Ellen. Was yes. she the one that taught PC? No, that was Mr. Colonna. But I bring up Miss Ellen because um even if you forgot her, <laughs> um, I remember her and she was our our taste. Of social and emotional learning when we were kids. Yeah, she would check. Yeah. She would show us images and stuff. She would like either show us images yeah. or tell us stories, and we'd be like, "How how does that make you feel?" Mm-hmm. And so that way, we were able to like properly label. Oh, this made me sad. Oh, this made me happy. That kind of thing. And we were also it, she had us identify, which beautiful that they did this honestly, truly. Um, but she would have like images up, and then she would have like different outcomes to like a story. And she would be like, so, so what is, what's this outcome? What does this look like? And then we as kids would articulate that looks like violence mm-hmm. and that's what we don't want. And so then we would talk about the steps that we would take as, as individuals and as classmates uh-huh. to not get us to that place. I, I thought that was beautiful. That this happened that. to me. <laughs> I was a part of this. Yeah. You might've been asleep, honestly. <laughs> nah, nah, I was, I, I was a daydreamer. I wasn't like, I never would be like, this, like sleeping yeah. for real. I would just be like, what's going on, bro? <laughs> Was that in a specific grade or was that like throughout the whole thing? I can't remember if it was um, like throughout all of elementary school, but I can remember specifically being in Miss Tracy's class. She she pulled up once. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I also do. What does she look like? Was she buff? No. No. (laughs) Any tall woman with a long ponytail. She had blue hair or she had straight hair? I think it was. she have glasses? She may have. She wore them sometimes. Yeah, she wore them sometimes. She also goes by Miss woman. <laughs> yeah, she was a Jewish woman who went by Miss Cookanitas. You said? I think her that she went. Oh, was she Greek? <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. Wait, Damn, that's crazy. Like, her background, background, I her like, ethnicity. But I, I have the visceral image of this woman. Yeah, I know ingrained her. in my skull. I know. Her <laughs> I would be able to draw if I could draw. I'd be able to draw. Her. Yeah, I could draw her right now. I won't. Damn. But <laughs> I remember Mr. Colonna for sure because he was like oh, he would always he... call people eggplants and shit. <laughs> And now hindsight, the eggplant emoji makes sense, right? Isn't that what is you? No, nah, nah, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> I I was actually gonna say I will say people. I feel like people knock down the Chelsea's district a lot. Yes, they like they love to knock us down because whatever we're the poor community, we're the Hispanic community, and there's a lot that's ingrained in that like microaggression or whatever. Yeah. But I feel so fortunate because I when I think back to the experiences I have with my own teachers and with my own community, I feel like I got out 
so much luckier than like yes. other community yes. like that. because I don't think I mean what there was like maybe I failed chemistry once and that was the only bad experience I ever had with like a class <laughs> but like I had such supportive teachers I had such a supportive community mm -hmm. like within the arts visually and performing and I think that you know people kind of knock down Chelsea and they think that you know because we aren't a rich we aren't like a rich community like Newton or whatever that we must not have anything to value mm -hmm. but when I have conversations with the people in our community and they're so willing to 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 give themselves and like tell you their story and tell you where they've come from and the struggles they've had and that, in the way that's built their character in a way that, mm -hmm. you know, just growing up in a community of riches probably could never have built that type of character. Mm -hmm. And then just in, in, our, in our school alone, like teachers like Ms. Barlage or Mr. McCarthy. Ms. Barlage is the go. I love her. Ms. Barlage didn't like me. I just saw her today. She took a photo. Well, she, she like briefly took a photo of like her Zoom meet and I saw Ms. Barlage in the corner. And I was like, tell her I love her I right know. now. Yo. I don't care on professional sounds. I always <laughs> said like, uh, and, you know, when I went into education, you know, in, in college, when I decided I really wanted to be a teacher, and I started learning about, you know, the financial and, and racial inequity in, in schools, I was so lucky, because I had realized that even though we were in a place like this, that's, you know, low income, and, and we don't have the, the most recent books, and we don't have Chromebooks in every classroom, or at least yeah. we didn't when we were in iPads school. and shit. Right. Yeah. That I never felt personally. And, and, and Roxana might agree. I never felt like I didn't have what I needed. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I agree too. So like, yeah, so like material wise, but also just like the, the emotional and mental support from my teachers, um, which also goes back to the, the idea that when you tell people in general, but especially young people that they aren't, they don't have enough or that they can't be enough, they're gonna internalize that and they're gonna act accordingly. Mm -hmm. They're not gonna wanna try because they're gonna feel like they can't do it anyway. Um, and that also goes into, you know, the idea that, you know, we are, our value or our intelligence or our worth is measured by what we can produce. Um, that reminds me of immigrants in this country. Yeah. And absolutely. you had made this point in our, in our most recent episode, but like, we can't, uh, we can't ascribe people worth or value based on, on the amount of labor they're willing to do for us. Like, that's just ugly. Yeah. I, yeah, during that episode, I was saying, because Again, we were talking about Trump's taxes and this kind of thing. And it's kind of ironic because he loves to scapegoat immigrants as like the reason why the economy is doing bad. Like, oh, they're taking our resources. They're not, you know, they're not contributing to the economy, to the economy, this and that. And um, before I went to debunk that, I, um, I wanted to, I had wanted to kind of disclaim, disclaim that even though we're going to be talking about how immigrants do contribute to the economy, I also wanted to make, I wanted to make a point that that's that a, a person's monetary value is not the only way is not the only way to measure value in this country mm -hmm. like we shouldn't measure people's worth based on how much money they can make for us. how much money they can give us yeah like we should be we should be ascribing a value based on things like a person's virtues a person's values how much like what what they can give to us just from being a person like a person's mm -hmm. value is just based off the fact that they're a human being like mm -hmm. that, that that's where we start and I honestly like the fact that we even try to assign value is not like exactly yeah. and and i was saying like if i you know i'm we're all kids of immigrants i'm assuming yeah. like we all have we have a deep ties to the immigrant community and i was saying just like you know if i find out that my neighbor you know trekked across the country with nothing on their back but the clothes that they have and the kid by their side 
I have such a deep amount of admiration and respect for that because I know just in looking at myself, I could never do that. I could never trek across the countries barefoot with no money, with nothing on me, aside from like my own hope that this might bring me a better future. And so we just faith, bro. Yeah, exactly. And, And we shouldn't be ascribing value based on money and that kind of thing. You should, we shouldn't be asking what what our citizens can do for our country. We should be asking what our country can be doing for us. Yeah. You know, I yeah. like, I brought this up in an episode. Um, I think it was the same one we have brought that up. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't, I don't even remember. They all just, <laughs> they all blur at, yeah. at this point. Um, but I, I think this is important to bring up with y'all too. Um, none of you were in this class with me, but when I was in eighth grade, um, and Mr. Bennington, shout out. Love of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> They, everybody in my class, not everybody, but a lot of people in my class were making jokes about this one kid. And this kid was, he's an immigrant. Um, and, and this kid had, you know, he was taking these jokes every single day. Uh, and, and one day he just like, was like, I want to tell you what happened when I came here. And, and he's like, I don't know if this is going to make you want to stop saying this to me, but, but hopefully you can hear what I'm going to say. And you'll think about your mom or your uncle mm-hmm. or, or your neighbor. And so he told us about how ugly and, and devastating and how, how scary it was to come here and what that looked like for him and for his family. And then everybody sat there just like, yeah, you know, they felt real fucking dumb because mm-hmm. it's like, how can we all have such deep ties to that struggle or at least know what it looks like and then try and, and shame people or make fun of people or try to make them feel embarrassed about about their experience and i and it has a lot to do with the really unfortunate but very real investment we all have to our proximity to whiteness and wealth like it's just we're taught to 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 have an investment in that like Mm -hmm. if you're a lighter skinned latino you you're proud of that somehow like you like you like i feel like that's something that i've heard not necessarily i mean i don't mean that for everybody but i feel Mm -hmm. like growing up i heard that a lot where it's like Oh, you look just like your your Spanish great great grandfather, or like how beautiful you have green eyes and blonde hair, and, and wow, like mejor la raza and phrases like that. And it's bullshit because it's like there's so much like garbage bias and prejudice and discrimination within our own community that uh, oftentimes we overlook. And it's like no, we have to talk about that though. Yeah, like we have to. Like you can shout all day that Black Lives Matter, but like you know full well if you brought a black dude home. Or a dark Dominican, your grandma so will have something to say. Hell yeah! yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I kind of went on a tangent there, but I just I think. No, 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 that's completely true because nah. it's know, old thinking. It's what it is. I think I think it's like it's funny because we you know we're all we're here we're all talking about you know trying to talk about these injustices that we're put through and people like us are put through. But, you know, sometimes you got to wipe your own ass and see that it's in our own communities, too, bro. Like, yo, like, pay attention. <laughs> my family's doing the same shit. Like, my family does. Yo, black people, oh, they don't, they're not good for nothing but doing something bad. And I get tight, bro. I'd be like, what makes you think that that's true, bro? He's like, and my dad would be like, no, even in even in my country, the blacker people, they're, they're, they're the criminals and this and that. And I'm like, bro, I said this last week, too. I really think that the association between skin color 
and and like how, criminality is stupid, bro. Because your skin color makes no not fucking make you more sense to be criminal. It's just it just happens to be that the the people of that skin color happen to be in the in the tougher situations where they have to do those you know criminal activities to even survive themselves. You know, like we said last week, what happens if a little kid robs something for his little sister and then and then he gives it to his little sister? All of a sudden, his little sister sees him as a hero. He's gonna want to go steal something again. You know, just because that made him feel good. And it my, maybe his act is not good. Like the, the simple act of stealing something is not good. But the act that he's providing something for somebody else, that actually is a good thing. But, you know, it's like it's like it gets murky, murky with the with the news, too. It's like literally like for I, I, I think it's one or the other. It can never be in between. It's, it's the duality you see on a small scale and a large scale. You see it on a small scale. Oh, this this. African American person got shot, and it's because they were in a gang. And the and the thought of the thought process ends there, or it gets it gets pushed that they're black instead. That yo, did you happen to know his his mom had just passed away, or some like some crazy circumstances? Because that's most likely what happens for people to go and do those kinds of things. Some crazy circumstances push them to that. In the same way, the message gets pushed a different direction. Like oh. Uh, the the African American uh, NFL players are kneeling during the thing. Oh, they don't respect the military. Who the fuck was talking about the military? They're talking about their own fucking lives. Like you see the message. That's what I don't like about the news, bro. If the message gets pushed one way, or they get to choose what it looks like to you, and then you take it in. And you and if you take it, obviously the best way to do it is take it with a grain of salt and think for yourself. But if somebody's not and they're ignorant and they just see that they're going to be like, Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth. And they take that as truth instead, instead of trying to think of it for themselves. Bro, just real quick. Cause you got me tight. The Colin Kaepernick thing, bro. He clearly bro, in front of reporters clearly fucking stated I'm kneeling because of police brutality. I want to put my platform, bring awareness to this. Yo, the next day, Yo, it's the, yo, he's disrespecting the flag. He doesn't like our military. And then the fun fact about this shit, right, is because he first sat on the bench. He sat on the bench like this, and he didn't stand up, right? And and a dude who was a 49ers fan who also was a Marine, right, uh, a veteran, he, he emailed him, was like, hey, man, uh, I, I, like, and they talked about it, you know? He was like, I know you, you, you want to send a message, but, you know, as a 49ers fan and I, and you're my quarterback, I, I like you, man, but you, you kind of hurt me when you sat down. He's like, so I would suggest like, you know, we kneel as Marines, as, as, you know, when, when some, one of our, one of our, one of, one of our men have fallen, you know, so yeah. maybe you could do the kneeling. So the fucking kneeling came from a veteran, a veteran. And then they had the fucking media has the audacity, audacity. to flip it on Colin Kaepernick and this man still, still don't have a fucking job. This man still have a fucking yeah. job. Yeah. They have the audacity to flip it, turn it, and change the narrative completely that, oh, you didn't respect the military. This and, and, that. That, and even our fucking president was like, yeah, fucking, that son of a bitch need, deserves everything. Whatever, whatever the fuck he was saying. I was like, what in the fuck? Is, yo, I was like, he clearly said, he clearly fucking said. He was like, yo, it's not about the military. I respect my military, blah, blah, blah. I know people are in the military. It's just, I have a platform, and it's not fucking right. You know what I mean? Like and like, yo, he could like he it's he could he could have been chilling. He could have still had a job, but because he said the right thing, boom, black bald black. They used them as a scapegoat, bro. Really. Yeah, they scapegoat. Used them as a scapegoat. Oh my, yo, what the fuck? Oh man. Anyways, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, for I'm sure. Sorry. I'm sorry. That shit just fucking pissed me the fuck off. I so mean, stupid, I think it's also about media's want to create 
the fastest headline. So it's easier for them to, instead of instead of telling it for what it is, which is, oh, uh, Colin, Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick, you know, kneeled in protest of police brutality. It's easier for them. It's easier for them to get views. It's easier them to like cause a ruckus and stuff like that mm -hmm. by saying, oh, he was trying to disrespect the military when he kneeled. This man has no sense of respect or or, or admiration for the military. And it's easier for them to like kind of circulate airtime. Obviously, there's a lot of racism behind that as well. Yeah. But it's it, you know I think you know negative attention is still mm -hmm. attention to some degree. So yeah. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. I gotta. So would you guys say you guys are a trustworthy source for information? Yes. Yes. Because and why would you say that? that? We've actually talked about this before. I say that because one, we have a very like diverse. Um, like range of perspective, mm -hmm. um, but also because we're not coming from a place where we're trying to be constructive in a condescending way. We're coming from a place of, of love for, for our people mm -hmm. and, and wanting to encourage people to, to recognize their own power and their own influence. We're not so much trying to be like, you suck and here's why. Mm -hmm. It's a, you have so much power and, and, and here's how you can use it kind of yeah. thing um and also because we're not you know giving we're giving opinions because we're human and we're gonna do that like our yeah. opinions are gonna come out but also we're, we're using like actual like facts yeah like we're Damn. not coming to you with like you know something we heard and didn't fact check mm -hmm. um and we also we we spend quite a bit of time like trying to find like the most like credible sources yes because i don't want to just give you like a like, like, a, like a college newspaper like a buzzfeed article or something. exactly yeah. like i don't want to like, <laughs> yeah. um we want to deliver facts in such a way that will it, it'll frame it in such a way that that you know that we're not just trying to say things right mm -hmm. that, that that is coming from a place of we really, really want people to care and, and recognize their power. Um, I think if we kind of just went on and we're just angry all the time, or we went on and we just made jokes, then that wouldn't be very trustworthy at all. Damn, they can't trust us, Vic. I know they can't trust us. I'm, all, I'm always trying to think of the next joke. Yeah. It's because it's important that we make jokes and that we laugh, and we do that especially off camera. But when it's in front of the camera, we don't want people to feel like we're making fun of them necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, because because I realized that that can, can be how it comes off um, and like in my personal life like on my IG stories I can say something that's you know snippy uh, and, and <laughs> funny um, but I'm not going to say that in front of the camera you know what yeah. I mean um, and I'm uh, not representing the show right <laughs> mm -hmm. right um, and also I had to think about the way that I say things because I'm a teacher um, because you know I'm human and I'm going to say I'm going to say things sometimes that don't sound right or that don't necessarily reflect what I'm thinking. But like in that moment, I just said something that I thought yeah. made sense. Mm -hmm. Oh, but so the, the it's, it's a good freaking thing that yeah. Roxana edits, edits our shows and, and she makes everything look smooth. And even if it takes us like seven minutes to form one thought, and it, it usually does. It takes us 10 minutes to absorb a single thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she'll make it, you know, she'll make it, you know, quick and, and easy to digest for people, so. Yeah, I, I kind of branching up the first thing you said about different perspectives. We have, you know, Justin and I in our usual panelist team, 
we have uh, two immigrants who are under uh, the protection of TPS, yes. temporary protected status. I can't believe we talked about TPS yet. I know, which we'll get to that in a second. But <laughs> we have two immigrants who are protected under TPS. One of one of whom is our mutual best friend, Edwin. Um, yes. Edwin, yes. Um, and then uh, Yana and I were both born here, but um, you know, as as an Otavadoring, my experience might be different from Yana's, who who is mm-hmm. uh, from PR. Mm-hmm. And so we have like, and then we have Jared Wright, who is. Uh, our, our our Puerto Rican ally. Yeah. He's oh, yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's Irish or something, and Puerto Rican, right? His ancestors yeah, he's our white Rican? man of color. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But man of Caucasian. He's our man of Caucasian. Yeah. But and what I like about that is is the fact that when we do talk about topics like immigration, who better to discuss those matters than somebody who has dealt with Who's yeah? Who who better than an immigrant who has dealt directly with the system, mm-hmm. and and you know, in terms of like experiences in America, and I have been here since day one basically. Mm-hmm. Who who can better talk about those experiences than her and I? And then if we want to we want like a white man's perspective, yeah, <laughs> then we go to Jared Wright for that. And so it's nice to have like those different perspectives to to talk about different matters and kind of look at a single problem from different lenses mm-hmm. so that we can understand it even better. And my mm-hmm. hope, like, for myself personally is that, like, I know my family being from PR and, and we're citizens without without a problem. Like, <laughs> like, like we, that's not even something we have to worry about, like somebody from our immediate family or somebody who we love having to be deported. And so I want people who are in that same mindset as my family because it's not their fault. That's not something they have to worry about, so they're not thinking about it. But I want them to see that I'm so passionate and so driven about this and be like, well, I, I should be too. Um, mm-hmm because like people like setting have, an example yeah like I, I i just my hope is that like people um who don't go through the fear that that comes with being the the child of, of somebody who's not documented or being undocumented yourself that they understand why it's important um and also really quickly i wanted to talk about tps yeah and i should have mentioned this before but biden has has made the promise that he would um, reinstate TPS because you know Ninth Circuit ruling made it so that Trump can and will revoke the legal protection of people who are on mm-hmm. TPS. Um, Biden has promised that he will reinstate that and and take what is it the ninety days or a hundred days to it, he'll he'll stop he'll stop deportations for ninety days as soon as yeah. as soon as he's like in office yes. day one yeah and in that time he is reevaluating the immigration system mm-hmm. so like yeah like hello (laughs) and for for those who don't know tps temporary protected status it protects about four hundred thousand people currently within the country that includes salvadorans hondurans haitians just to name a few of the countries and and salvadorans of course um and what that does is for for people who are trying to escape their countries uh based on you know climate change or or war or crime or that kind of not crime but like if yeah things like that if they're trying to if they're trying to leave the country for those purposes, they can apply for a temporary protected status. For um, so for example, um, one of my aunts uh, is currently protected under, is currently protected under TPS, and that was because of the 2001 earthquake that struck El Salvador. Uh, she was left without a home um, because of the subsequent mudslides that uh, ended up basically leveling the community afterwards. So she's been in the country since 2001, 2000, or 2002, and since 2018, I believe since since 2018, Trump has been saying that he wants to revoke those protections, which are legal protections, by the way. Like these protections have been 
have been instated since in the 90s, really. Yeah, the 90s. Since the 90s, under a Republican president, mind you. Yes. Um, have been instated since then to protect people and to keep them legally here in the event of a natural disaster or, or if they have you know, a war going on in their home. And since 2018, okay. I've been trying to strike that down. And as of 2020, I don't remember if it was last month or the month before that, but Trump, um, but under the Ninth Circuit ruling, mm. they have decided that it that Trump is within his is within his you know it's within his power mm -hmm. to take that out. So what that ends up occurring is that suddenly 400,000 people who have been in the country for like maybe 20 like 20 or so their more lives years. are here the kids are here exactly and now they have to like go back to a country that may not that could still not be stable in some instances mm -hmm. or they have to go to a country like yeah like that they really don't know that they have no idea of mm -hmm. and you know just you know within like our circle one of like edwin for instance he's been in this country since 2001 so he's spent longer he's he spent more of his life here than in el salvador so you can imagine that kind of struggle for a person who's been here longer than, who's been in the country longer than they've been in their birth country and how it must feel to return to somewhere that they really just aren't aware of after they've built their entire life here. Mm -hmm. And that's 400,000 people that that could happen yeah. to. And I know that in uh, the case of Salvadorans, there is a bit of an extension. Mm -hmm. Whereas if, it, if Trump is elected and he revokes this, um, I know that Salvadorans have until November of next year to to return to their countries but for other countries it would be as soon as like i think march of next yeah. year and, and and not even just those Im like uh in immigrants but think about their children yeah because like i had mentioned before if you are pro-life what about them then yeah like these are if you care so much about the welfare and, and well-being of kids what about all of them one there are children in cages so how much do you care about them? But also, um, just in general, like if we want to say that we care about people and we have compassion and uh, and we want like better for the kids here and we want you know equal opportunity for people, you know, I'm not racist, you know, I want everybody to have the same amount of of, of resources and, and opportunity. But then, like seriously, those kids, right? They either have to then go with their parents to to a place they don't know at all, right. or they're here by themselves. Uh, and and where do they go? Who helps them then? Yeah, not the government. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Oh, man. So, damn, that's yeah. deep. That's some deep it's, stuff because that's my very heavy. You know, yeah, but, yeah. That's Sorry. deep and fucking piss me off too. Yeah. yeah. It, that's what I say to people who mm -hmm. come to me with the with 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 criticizing what we're doing because it's it's typically people from the greater Boston area or Chelsea specifically. Yeah. And so when they come to me with that, then I come to that I come to them with that information specifically and I say, "Okay, so how about all the people you know who are immigrants?" Yeah. And what if this happens to them? And then they're like, "Oh, damn." Mhm. Mm so, yeah. Oh, but Biden did this. But yes, Biden did that. Yes, exactly. But you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was just going to say like I like I I know people. I know families who are it's like parents have TPS like a sibling has TPS and then it's like the one child who doesn't. Mm -hmm. So then you have to think about what that does emotionally to the kid because their their li their life is being ripped like their their family's being ripped apart from them. And then B physically like they have to think for themselves like okay, who am I going to stay with? Mm -hmm. How does this affect my schooling? Like do I ever get to see my family again because mm -hmm. you know, it's just so many and of course the 
Trump administration really sees it as just, oh, we're just weeding out the problems, this and that. And it's like, but these, a majority of TPS workers, you know, majority of TPS people, like they work, they have, you know, they pay taxes, sometimes for benefits that they don't, they can't use and things like that. And immigrants statistically commit less crime than natural born citizens within the US. Like that's a fact. I, I don't have the exact source, but it's a fact. Go watch our episode. Go, yeah, go watch our episode. <laughs> that was the immigration episode, right? Number two? Yeah. Yes. And it, it's been proven that immigrants, because because they're so scared to like potentially have to, to leave the country out. or to get kicked mm-hmm. out, we commit less crimes than yeah. the people who are born here. Yeah, hello. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just a matter of fact. Like it's just, I just don't understand yeah. it. And of course it's scapegoating, of course it's racism, but yeah. when it's like, you know, I almost expect, I expect this from the Trump administration. I don't expect this type of thinking from people that I know. And yeah, it's really, it's, it's really sad yeah. and surprising. I think it's ignorance, bro. Like some yeah. people just are not aware of that kind of stuff. So this is why I asked you guys this question, right? Cause I feel like, obviously, I've said it already a couple of times, but the news is definitely, like, not trustworthy. Like, it's biased and it's hard to really, like... So what happens is, all right, so if you're a person that just grew up in an area and you know this type of thing your whole life, right? And all of a sudden, now you got to make a decision about who you think is the best presidential, you know, like... Candidate. candidate for you to be choosing right and you go like say say i'm a white person right and i just grew up in a city where there was only white people what happens is when i go to my find my news bro i'm gonna find that depending on where i get my news i'm most likely gonna get an opinion that's from yeah. somebody else that this person's better or and then this person's worse and then this is this is where i, I struggle with it because i'm like how do I make a decision on myself, like by myself? I want to be able to say I I chose this person because I wanted to choose this person, you know. And it's like it's it's, it's difficult because it is it's really like it's like not fair, bro. It's not fair that because of I grew up somewhere and I'm ignorant to some some things, I'm gonna like I'm gonna get swindled into believing something because of just the way that you know, just the way that the news is. And this is the, the other thing. I, the reason I even brought it up in the first place was because of the, the the money shit, you know, because I like we were saying, the news kind of runs on money. Obviously, we live in a capitalistic world. Every everybody's trying to make money. That's the and I'll be all if anybody walks out their door, most likely it's because they're trying to make money or yeah. like, like that's we're just spending. how it is. And um, the news is trying to profit off of the people. So what they do in the same thing is they're going to be marketing towards the people that they want to, you know, get at, you know. So it's like if I'm Fox News, I know my audience is white people. I know my audience is most likely people that are a little bit racist. I don't know. I, I can't be generalizing, but I'm going to um, but, but say, you know, in that situation, yeah. Uh, so because of that, they're going to tailor their news to those people. And instead of tailoring the people to the news, it's tailoring yeah. the news to the people. And that's the, that's, that's where I find the issue with that. I'm like, bro, this shit is, is trash, bro. Cause then again, on, on the opposite side, maybe you, you might believe this, this, this might be better for you, but you still get some news that's biased and you don't know what the truth is, bro. Like you don't, you get so I'm telling you the ignorant and the ignorance in the, in the, is a problem. I think is you know just the ignorance in the fact because we, you know, we were talking about education and we come out of the education system not knowing shit, so we're already ignorant. So we go to look for our resources to help us understand. You click on the first link in Google, all of a sudden you have this opinion that you're thinking strongly of, but you don't. That's like the one thing that you looked at, and all of it, and then you all of a sudden you believe something, but you don't know the whole truth. 
And that's yeah. the problem. Everybody's like, everybody's half-assing, bro. Everybody's like, yeah, I believe this. This is true. This is not true. This is why, bro. So this is why I'm like, have, finding a trustworthy news source. I already said it once. You know, Roxana gave her her perspective on that. It's tough, bro. Because I, even like, I, there's no way you get unbiased information. Because not even like biased as to what they're giving you. It's what they're not giving you is what the yeah. bias is too. It's like, what are you not seeing that's true? Like I watched this episode of Shameless ye ye yesterday, right? And, yeah. and cause my girl was watching it, right? And I was like, uh, and the dude Carl uh, sees a black woman get shot at a, at a bus stop, right? And he goes to some news reporters and he's like, oh, this person just got shot at a bus stop. And the news reporter gets excited. Like, oh, this is some, is this newsworthy? And, he, and she's like, oh, is the, obviously this is exaggerated because it's a TV show, but she's like, oh, is it, was it a, a man or a woman? She said a woman. He was like, she was like, okay, black or white? And then she was, he was like black. And she was like, uh, is she old? Was they, was she old or young? And then he was like, he was like, oh, she was old. He was like, all right, that's not newsworthy. And then all of a sudden, she goes back to the news report she was doing. And you see they're in front of the Chicago stadium because they live in Chicago, right? They're in front of the Chicago stadium. Five, six newscasters all talking about the 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 Chicago Bears are, they have the new meatless burger, the meatless burger, the meatless burger. And I'm like, all right. So obviously it's an exaggeration, but you see. You see the difference there that like, yo, this is what they're like. That news isn't important because it's normal. Fuck it. I don't need to be talking yeah, about exactly. that. I want to talk about something that's new. Like it's going to make us money, get the audience to, you know, you know, care about something. So then, you know, Carl goes and I think it was cool, but like obviously it's an extreme. And he goes, he goes and takes the the uh, one of the uh, like a rich white girl to that the, the same bus stop where, where that woman got shot and he pretends to mug her like he he. He, she didn't know she was going to be in that situation. He gets a, one of his friends to bring a, a rich white girl there, starts shooting the gun. Give me your money. Give me your purse. And then all of a sudden, they're putting up streetlights there because of the who it was. And that, this, is, this is what the problem is, too. Bro, the news, the news is not giving you all the news. They don't have enough time. They only got an hour in the day to give you the news. They're not giving you all the news. And the, the bias comes also not from what they're saying and what they are giving you. It's about what they're not giving you. So, you know, it's kind of, bro, it's tough, bro. It's really hard. And this shit pisses me the fuck off, bro. Because I want to I wanna be informed. Like, I really want, that's why I watch informed, right? I want to be informed on the truth, bro. Not not the fucking, you know, some bullshit, bullshit right? Somebody, yeah, some bullshit. Like, no, I want to be informed on what's really going on. It's fucking, and it's hard. And now even Twitter, like Twitter is now a news source, which is stupid. Yeah. Obviously, it's dumb. But then obviously- All tweets come with opinions, bro. And all tweets come with opinions. There's no way. Everybody's giving their opinion, trying to make somebody laugh so it pops off. So, you know, so a lot, what they want, want to do is tailor to an audience that that audience is going to like, retweet. Be? You know, and everything to get it out. It's tough, bro. It's definitely tough. This is this this tough, is this man. is what like I think what the like what was cool about having you guys on is I could talk about this shit and like get pe people's perspective that are trying to inform people to see what it's like, bro. Because it's not easy, bro. Like even you guys choosing the news. Obviously, you guys are trying to tailor your your information to immigrants and helping those that are immigrants who are on the fence about voting for Joe Biden or, or Trump. Like, yo, you shouldn't be on the fucking fence. That's just the stupid. Like, if you care about yourself and your family members, your family, if you're an immigrant, bro, yeah. obviously, or an ally to or your friends, if you're an immigrant ally, right? You should not be voting for Donald Trump. It just doesn't make it's any facts. sense. Like, it, it's you just your family, your friends in danger by voting for him. And I, I agree. That message is beautiful. Not... I wouldn't say it's beautiful because it doesn't it shouldn't need to be sent, but obviously yeah. it's not beautiful, yeah. but it's a message that needs to be sent to, you know, push the people that need to know to the mm -hmm. right side. 
but uh, you know, it's just, it's just, I just get riled up about this shit all the time. It's well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad to see such an uprising of people who care about it. Yeah. Because I, I feel like everywhere I turn now, like on social media too, it's like, you know, are you registered to vote? Are you registered to vote? Like, yeah. are you registered to vote? Yeah. Like, which, which, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. I, am. I, I promise you, I am. Chill, chill. Like, but I feel like it's such a, it's almost like the country together is, is collectively deciding. It's like, no, we've had enough. Yes. Like, it, we have seen, I mean, I'm not saying I forgive it, but in 2016, I guess people just weren't aware of how bad it could get. Mm-hmm. And now, four now, years of this fucking moron. Exactly. Yeah. But now, yeah. but now it's 2020, and we have seen what four years has done. Could you possibly imagine what can happen with what could happen by 2024? To put mm-hmm. it in I'm going to Canada with Roxana. We out. Yeah, we're, we're all gonna get our masters yeah. in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Fuck that. Another four years with this fucking bozo. And, you know, and again, people like to say, oh, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it because, oh, we got, oh, we got through the Reagan years. We got through this and that. And it's like, okay. So put it in perspective for like Ronald Reagan, for instance, who I am so fond of, as some people (laughs) can imagine. But, you know, again, so there was an epidemic during the Reagan years, which was the AIDS epidemic. And I'm I'm certain people were saying, oh, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. But then think about the tens of thousands of, of, of gay men specifically who didn't get through the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Think of the think of the think of the people who were persecuted under under Reagan's strict drug laws, yep. which predominantly targeted people of color. They didn't get through the administration peacefully. And then you know there's countless other mar- mar- marginalized groups that I can't think of right now. But you know to say oh we're gonna get oh we, we can get through four more years it's it'll be fine that's such a it's so tone deaf it's such a tone deaf it's such a it's such a tunnel vision train of thought because so it's, it's a brush off is what it is exactly. yes. it's, a dis- it's a complete dismissal of people who are going through things you're not going through and it's, yeah, just like, yeah. it's like i can't no it's like no tps immigrants won't get through the, ne- the next four years of trump's no, sir. LGBTQ people most likely won't because there's now talk about about rescinding same-sex marriage, which was decided in the Supreme Court if Amy Coney Barrett is inducted into the Supreme Court. And it's like, like we can't take four more years because we don't know what we will have left Mm -hmm. by the end of 2024. We're literally regressing and it's dramatic for some people to hear that but it's true. It's it's we're literally going back to 1942. Like it's not it's not a thing anymore. And it's like I it's like I it's not even anymore. I want you to care. It's like I, I need you to care. Yeah. It's like I need you to register to vote. I need you to get your friends to register to vote. I need you to do everything that you can possibly do as an individual to get people to vote. Mm-hmm. Because it's no longer, it's no longer Republicans versus Democrats. It's us versus Donald Trump. Yeah, and that's what that's exactly what he wants, though. Like mm-hmm. it's exactly what that, you know, it's 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 power. A game of power but like they want us to argue with each other and yeah. to find to and to divide ourselves from each other and to detach from each other and pretend like we don't care about what the other group is going through but it's like you realize that they don't care about any of us yeah so we have to care about each other and we have to make it so that at one day hopefully we're in a place where we don't feel so frustrated with the, with the systems that that govern us yes so Beautiful, bro. Beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful, bro. Hey, bro, we got to We got to You know, are you were saying something? I'm sorry. Oh no, I was like, that's all. I think that's all we got to say about about voting for 2020. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll say, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard what these women have been telling you, you haven't heard this whole fucking conversation. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies like, gentlemen. Your ass. You gotta fucking vote, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, listen, listen. I, I was one, I was one, I was one of those people. Why the fuck do I gotta vote? This doesn't yes, affect me. La- ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it is it's important. It's fucking important. It's probably the most important thing you do. It's it's literally how we can create change. Every vote is no matter how small is gonna get the train rolling, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? We don't we don't want to think back like fuck. I should have voted. I should have took you know ten minutes of my fucking life, walked yeah. to the place or whatever, mm-hmm. voted. When four years from now, when this fucking guy Donald Trump is fucking everything up. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, we gotta do what we gotta do for not only us but for our future, our future kids, our future kids' kids, each other. Let's fucking do it. Wait, wait, real quick. I think another thing is not just about immigration too. It's about like like global warming, bro. Like we we're in danger, yes. bro. Like literally, we're about to be in the red. Yes. If yes. we don't if we don't start caring about that shit, and Donald Trump doesn't believe that it's a real yeah, thing. That idiot doesn't doesn't believe that. How are you politicizing climate change? Climate change? I don't. Know. I know it makes no bro. fucking sense. It's like, bro, California's on fire. You can't politicize that. Yeah, you well, cannot do that. You politicized a fucking a deadly virus that, that's killing millions of people globally. And it's supposed to be cold in October, people. I was in shorts and a t-shirt playing football last week. What the fuck? Yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. I should be wearing a sweater, drinking hot cocoa. Yo, I, I was balling. I don't, I don't know if global warming directly affects that 100%. <laughs> but I agree. There are some natural disasters that shouldn't be going on because of global warming, like the hurricanes and like, yeah, earth, I think earthquakes can get be affected too. Uh, the, the sea level rising is definitely one because the ice caps are melting and it's adding more water to where there shouldn't be water. Gonna drown Florida, which I guess, you know, that's not the worst thing. Hi, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Florida, I love you, bro. I love you. <laughs> People aren't, yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about it enough in this episode, but just briefly, like, even Boston, because we we live right next to the harbor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can only imagine just with like sea levels alone, how much that's gonna rise within the next ten years. Because they're saying we only have like ten or seven years to fix this before it becomes an unfixable problem. Unfixable, yes. Seven again, years. Imagine Donald yeah, Trump taking half of that. Nothing. Seven fucking years. Half of that. Yeah. The next term is ha- is it's over half years, of that. It's four years. That's why I'm oh, stressing. Oh wow. Brother. The way. The way. <laughs> The way I'm, the way I'm clenching currently. I'm, oh no! See, there's there's just some deciders that if you care about your own life and the life of the people in the future, you yeah. have you know you kind of have to go out and make the right decision to not have a a reality star, right? A, a businessman, yeah. a person a that's fucking never, bozo, bro. A, a person that's never. A fucking moron. Yeah, that, but no, but no. Besides that, no, no, no. Beside that, beside that, because <laughs> I feel like if you if you go at it as he's a moron, of course he is. You know, like we we see just based off of his actions, he not the brightest bulb in the box. You know, but <laughs> oh my, you're sugarcoating, man. Not nah, because I yo, this isn't. The, I'm telling you, it's tough because if you hate, start hate like we said earlier. Uh-huh. If you come at somebody uh-huh. with hate, they're not. They're gonna be like, I right, disregard you all of a sudden. No hate, no hate. We'll take it for face value, bro. We'll take it for face value. All right. <laughs> He's All right, a fucking idiot, bro. 
He's a fucking idiot, bro. Yeah. He's he's not a politician and somebody no, that no. thinks about anybody but himself because that's just what he's had his whole life is himself and his money, bro. So why is he going to care about anything other than that? I never understood that frame of thought that Trump supporters had in 2016 where it's like, oh, we need somebody who's outside of the political realm to what run the, the president. Wait, I never, I never got that because they were like, "Oh, we need. He's gonna run the country like a business." And it's like, and and it's like, so you would rather have somebody with no political experience, who's never held any office and anything like that, to run the country, versus every other candidate who's at least been mayor at once. Like, I. Just, you want this is this is the same thinking. You want a bank teller to fix your house, bro. Yes. yes. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want you want a cashier to fix your toilet? Hello. Yeah, like, Ugh. as a cat, what the fuck is go, bro? I don't know, man. Yo, and then what was that? Damn, I lost my train of thought already. <laughs> Damn, it didn't even start. It didn't even leave the station, bro. What the hell? <laughs> Attention deficit. It's contagious. Yo, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like, I don't know. 2016 was weird because I, I mean, I kind of agreed at the moment. I was like, I definitely feel like politicians, sometimes they care too much about politics that it's kind of hard for them to care about the people, right? They want to be like, you know, they want the power. So it, it made sense to me that maybe somebody that isn't a politician would be better. But then I realized like, nah, bro, they don't know how to, he doesn't know how to think, bro. Like, a, you know, like it's politics, politics. Bro, man. He's, he's... So here, here was my train of thought, bro. Do you think there should be requirements like educationally for a presidential or like even like mayor, anybody running for mayor or anything like that? Should there be re like requirements Should they have like a degree in political science or something like that so that they can, you know, run for office? Because I mean, they should, right? I don't know that I am in the in the position to make such a statement, <laughs> but I certainly think that there should be a, a, a pathway that is far more uh, rigorous and, and, and whittles down like the, the people like, uh, sorry, that was not coherent. But I think that there should be a pathway that is more rigorous and intentional and who ends up in positions of power yes. that really whittles on the people who don't deserve to be there. Okay. I also feel like to run for president, you have, you, you have to have some semblance of public service. Yes, yes. And I mean public service in the sense that like maybe like you were a mayor or you were a city councilor or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. You don't have Not to- Not a fucking TV show host. Yeah. Or, or an educator. You're fired. Oh, yeah, or an educator. Or an educator. For instance, this. for instance, Elizabeth Warren was a was uh, a teacher for several years before she ran for office. Can you imagine having been taught by Elizabeth Warren? Could you, oh my God, such a queen. <laughs> but like she is, she obviously cares so deeply about the issues such as like the economy and education education, especially because she was a teacher. And so she understands what it's like for teachers, world, uh, you know, around the country and what they go through. Mm -hmm. And that's her. And that was what she did as, you know, a public servant because she was a teacher once. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of like education, I'm not sure just because, for instance, um, just Justin Trudeau, I believe he was the prime minister of Canada, mm -hmm. was an English major. And now he's prime minister. Yeah. So you know, it's hilarious. So he, so yeah, like he's he's doing a pretty confident job at running Canada, I think. Yeah. So like, I don't know about <laughs> that. that. I did the blackface. That's what I mean. He's not. He did blackface. I didn't yeah. know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I didn't. I'm pretty sure he did, bro. Like but twice. He did blackface. Too. Yeah. Oh, but she. I, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. Justin Trudeau, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Who let me see. Told Canadians to to wear masks to prevent them from speaking moistly on other people. 
And then he was like, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, and then he, and then he had immediate regret. But, um... Yeah, he definitely like, did. Oh, well, there you go. Problematic. Another one got to cancel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Jeez. Let me see. It. I'm, I'm going to share my screen, bro. <laughs> we can fix that in post. <laughs> I love that sentence. We'll fix it in post. Right there. That's him right there, bro. Wait, we're... Oh, oh, that's bad, dog. What? Oh, jail. That's that's a crime. <laughs> yeah, this jail. is a hate crime. Yeah, sorry guys. No, I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. So thank you for bringing it to my attention. Yeah, I know. Thank you. But um, so what I was saying earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Through tears. Through tears. Um, for instance, I think you should have some semblance of a background in public service. Yeah. Whether that be city councilor, city mayor, or just, or if you were a teacher, again, looking at the yeah. example of Elizabeth Warren, mm -hmm. who, who was once a teacher. Not Justin now, Trudeau, not a good example. Not Justin Trudeau, not no, him. No, no, no. But, but you know, looking at Elizabeth Warren and how she's become such, she's become one of the more famous and outspoken senators currently in Congress. And she is very progressive and she's done so much. She's, she did quite a bit for the economy, I believe, during the Obama administration. I'm mm -hmm. not entirely sure. But, um, and then there's rumors saying that she could be in the Biden cabinet if Biden wins, <laughs> if Biden wins the if Biden wins the presidency and gets inaugurated in January, that that Elizabeth Warren is a shoe in for the for the Biden cabinet. So, which I'm very excited about because I think she's such a great. What do you guys think about somebody with the with the science background? I think that would be. I think that could qualify. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that would be quite. But the world would be like the the fucking global warming would be the biggest thing, right? Yeah, in terms of medicine and and climate change, I think yeah. that would be. Good. Uh, and not to mention like for things like attorney general for the United States, like you have to have a law background. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily- But what about the fucking president? Exactly. Like there are these qualifications uh. for like attorney general where it's like, you know, you have to have, you have to have graduated from law school. You can't just have like a businessman running for like attorney general kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if we have these things for like, you know, the biggest, you know, these big, the biggest law position that you can have under the United States without being in the Supreme Court, why don't we have that for the guy who's actually running? Doesn't the president choose the Supreme Court too? So like um, an extension? He can, he can nominate people that he thinks qualify, but it uh, and then it goes to Congress. To, it goes to the Senate to be voted on. Okay. Did he nominate that lady you guys don't want to? He nominated, he actually nominated her allegedly the night that Ruth passed away. Um, like he called her up and was like, hey, she just opened up. Yo, you got that? Yeah, hey, exactly. Man. That man's a fucking dickhead. Which is which is very hypocritical, considering that when <laughs> that when Judge uh, Scalia passed away, the year that um, uh, that was, I'm not sure if it was the year that Obama was going to be reelected, or if it was the year that he was going like going to leave office. But he passed away that year, and and when Obama wanted to push somebody to be in the Supreme Court, the the GOP who was running the Senate at the time. We're saying um, absolutely not. We refuse to hear this justice. It's an election year. You're not. This is not going to happen. And that's ironic, considering that, considering it's an election year now. And specifically, and that's what Biden was trying to say. Exactly. And they were interrupting him like forty fucking times. Exactly. And another, it's ironic, another reason he's a dickhead. It's ironic considering that Senator Graham, for instance, of South Carolina, who I hate with a passion. I'm just <laughs> gonna say it. Oh, he's he said back when they were rejecting Obama's uh, appointment to the Supreme Court, they were saying, you can quote me right here. You can use my words against me. There's an actual clip of him saying this, that they can quote him saying that he will not 
that if the Republican president were to nominate an appointee during an election year, that they would say no. And now Senator Graham is actually on the commission to try to run this appointment of, of, of Amy Coney Barrett. And they're saying, didn't you say mm -hmm. four years ago, like four, eight years ago, that you would never do this? And he's mm -hmm. like, I didn't say that. I didn't jail, say that. Jail, jail. How do these people get into positions of power? How, yeah, how, yeah, that's what so I'm saying. Corrupt? That's my question. How do they become how the so corrupt? Fuck, do they join a fucking club to be dickheads? Is that what they do? <laughs> and then, and then it's just like they just conspire to be yeah. fucking lamos. Oh my gosh! I don't know why makes somebody so wicked and vile. Yeah. What the fuck? Really? It really like and and like those crazy is somebody got to vote them in there, bro. Other people like us have to vote them in there. Yeah. So like. So this is another thing I had a question about. So do you think that we should care more about the federal government or like local government? Because like the federal government is also obviously like the president's shit. The president does have like way like a lot of power, but I feel like local government is pretty important too because that's how we get the changes in our everyday lives. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So what do you guys think? What's your perspective on that? I also... It's so important for people to vote locally. Yes. I know that people, they think that it doesn't matter because they're like, oh, things are things are okay the way that they've been, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. But it's like, girl, if you actually think about what, what a change would mean, I think that you would want yeah. to go out and vote. And also, um, being inactive is not fun mm -hmm. because when it does matter and you want to go vote in the presidential election, if you're no longer, you know, active, yeah. And you have trouble with voting that day because you haven't voted the previous times. You know, that's not your fault and, and should it be an issue to begin with. But if it is, right. you know, that should be motivation for you to vote locally. I, I think it's also important to note that, I mean, we're fortunate in the sense that we live in Massachusetts mm -hmm. because I feel like no matter what, I feel like our, our senators and our, and our body of government, for the most part, really does care about its citizens. Yeah. Um, Governor Baker, for instance, he's a Republican. And, and but, yet and yet he he did such a good job at you know protecting Massachusetts during the during the peak of the pandemic mm -hmm. and yesterday I think it was yesterday or the day before he actually like went on to say that he's not going to vote for Donald Trump this November beautiful so he's mm -hmm. like so he like denounced what the current state of the Republican Party saying like why are we like how can we uphold the virtues that the Republican Party is supposed to stand for and yet vote these people in which is Amazing, but you <laughs> sorry, no, I'm listening to you. <laughs> but it's it's also important to note that again, we live in Massachusetts, which has kind of always been like a blue state, mm -hmm. which we kind of take for granted in the sense that we kind of, I guess, don't always have to worry about yeah. the state of things. Yeah, that's the same for they freeze again. Oh, um, that's not always the same for countries like Kentucky or countries states, states. like uh, states yeah. like Kentucky or Texas, where uh, Texas recently the governor. Of the governor of Texas recently actually has allotted only one mail, only one drop-in mail-in ballot box for each county in Texas. Isn't it like only two in the whole state? Something like that. It was like so. Imagine how big the counties for Texas must be. And I imagine Jesus there's fuck. only oh one ballot God. box for every single county in the state of Texas. See, which is like you I got can't. A dip, bro. What kind of shit country. is that, bro? I can't even imagine what it must be like to be a person who's trying to yeah. be anti-Trump in Texas because now you have to do because Texas is so big and trying trying to imagine like it's fucking huge. Exactly. And and in that case, I would say 
local elections must be so important in Texas yes. because it's like we can't this governors serve about four-year terms I don't know what what year uh Governor Abbott of Texas is that currently but I could imagine if you as a Democratic Texan for instance remembering what he did during the 2020 elections that's something that you have to take with you to the to the polls when you go to vote and you have to keep in mind what this person did for you and what they did to serve you during their during their time in office mm -hmm. and that's when obviously local I mean local elections are always important but in that case especially you have to remember what they did to you while they were in term. Mm -hmm. And again, federal elections are obviously super important. Like if you have if you have the opportunity to vote for the leader of your country, do it because that's not something that is offered in every single country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, imagine being hated by uh, Mitt Romney. <laughs> like like even Mitt Romney thinks you're fucking dumb, bro. Like you're dumb. Yeah, Mitt Romney put out a whole statement just announcing the Republican Party, and I was like, shit, this yeah. is really bad. If it, it's saying something. Isn't it's incredible to me how like we were so afraid of Mitt Romney, and, yeah. and yeah. now and now look where we are. We're like, yeah, Mitt Romney's right. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Well, he's invited uh, to the cookout. <laughs> so this is this is some heavy heavy content heavy content for for anybody bro like this is yeah. not an easy like these these were not easy conversations that we had today bro this no. is definitely some tough shit eye openers is what it yeah, is I'm, think, I'm so grateful though that we had them yeah no i think i think we, and i think we did a great job you know just portraying ourselves as individuals too because that's what we are we're all individuals we're not trying to Obviously, we're trying to teach people, open people's yeah. eyes, but it's like it's not. Well, you know, we're still people. We're trying to show yeah. you guys as people, as individuals as well. Anybody listening, like, yo, we all got a chance to be individuals and make a choice as a group for what mm -hmm. we want for ourselves and our country and our individual. Like, like we said again, bro, if you're voting for Donald Trump, you're basically saying people like my pe people in my family, people in Vic's family, Roxana, Ileana's family. Our friends, people like our friends are not important. That's basically what you're saying. That not directly, obviously, but it could come off across as that point because yeah. that's literally what Don like Donald Trump kind of stands for that that kind of you know hatred. Exactly. He's a walking, talking, breathing picture of hatred. And he invites and incites violence and, and hatred from his own supporters. And so choosing to not vote for him is saying that we all are not worthy of at least that. Yeah. And and especially like, you know, in these tough times with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Again. Yeah, I can see you guys froze again. Oh, but I'm gonna keep talking. I, <laughs> I don't know, like, I don't wanna take a picture of what they look like right now. Oh. They probably can hear us and we can. Yeah, they can oh, hear yeah. us. Oh yeah, I forgot they can't hear us. Oh, they can't hear us? Yeah, they can't hear us. Uh, oh, now I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They yeah, can't we, hear us. We got white. I, I, I should. I we literally smiled for the picture, yeah. forgetting we were no. frozen. Yeah, no. I, I legit went like this. Did you want like, to see? Hold on. Wait, let's take a new picture that you can post for. Let's try it. I don't know. What are you doing? Vic, just smile. <laughs> I love it. So I. What was I saying? All right. I forgot what I was saying, but it's whatever. You know, I think we did a great job of just you know starting conversations because the, these conversations don't end with us they start there we're starting it for everybody outside of this whoever's listening to this this is a conversation you have with yourself have with your friends have with your family have with your mom your dad your sister your brother uncle whatever you can like have a somebody on the internet random you don't even know have these conversations because that's how we're going to move into the future conversation and getting on the same page yo 
it's been an honor to have you guys on. I had a great time. I hope here. you guys had a great time. Vic, you got anything to say? Ladies and gentlemen, go fucking vote. I'm telling you right now, go fucking vote. Oh, we're fucking screwed. Seven years. Seven fucking years to fucking fix the bullshit that we've done to this beautiful earth. Seven fucking years. And you don't want half of that being taken away by the Cheeto puff. Over more half. More than half. Four more over seven half. is how many percent? Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know. For, uh, ladies and gentlemen, man, vote. You guys gotta vote. It's been an awesome, it's been an awesome episode, ladies and gentlemen. You, so you guys gotta follow you guys gotta follow informed on YouTube. Thank you guys you. gotta follow them on the Instagrams. You guys gotta follow these yeah. girls personally on their IG, Twitter, whatever the fuck. Because they're fucking awesome. They're beasts, they're fucking amazing, and they're just genuinely wait, wait, great wait. people, ladies and gentlemen. Victor. <laughs> Let us briefly plug in the, yes. the informed Instagram so that you guys can also follow what our, follow our social clips. Sometimes we don't. We, pay, we post the 30 minute clips on YouTube. Yeah. If you don't have time to watch those and you can definitely watch the two minute clips that we mm -hmm. provide um, on Instagram, as well as Facebook, our, our Facebook page yeah. is, in, is informed. So um, on Twitter, we are at IAA informed. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, I wanna say that we have the exact same at, but I will make certain of that. Yes, we are IAA informed, and that stands for immigrants and allies. Informed. Immigrants and allies. Immigrants right here. and allies. Here's what they say, guys. Here's what they say. They are a group of immigrants and allies looking to help the community to be informed about U.S. politics, bro. Because you got to be informed so you can make the right decision for yourself, for your community, and your friends. So stay, what is it? Stay, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay safe. All right, you got that. You got that. Right, wait, wait. We'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end. Okay. It's time for. It's time for the messy moment. I was gonna say, Whoa. here we are, right. messy moment. Messy moment. Messy moment. Messy, messy moment. moment. Uh, <laughs> oh man, ladies and gentlemen, that was an amazing conversation. We went, yo, my mind is fucking spinning and racing. That shit was crazy, ladies and gentlemen. But we're in the messy moment, ladies and gentlemen. The messy moment is the time where we can reflect. And we dive into this podcast, this amazing fucking conversation that we had with Roxana Iliana. It was so fucking awesome. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, yo, Jason's being a dickhead and behind the camera he's making me laugh. So fuck him. Ladies and gentlemen, when I tell you, when I tell you, I learned so much. I learned so much. And I, I was frustrated in some of this. And I fucking cried. It was such an amazing fucking episode. Roller ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you gotta, you gotta follow the this whole crew, you gotta follow everybody on the fucking Twitter, Instagram, whatever the fuck you have, fucking Facebook, MySpace, AIM, whatever the fuck you have, you gotta follow AIM. them. On the <laughs> <laughs> <You feel me? laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh man, I I genuinely had so much fun doing this episode. It was awesome. I got to have great conversation. I learned so much from great friends, ladies and gentlemen. I've known the three of them for years and years and years. You know what I mean? And it's been it was awesome and it's great. Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, stay informed. Watch the show informed, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, it was fucking awesome. My messy moment, personally, was when we talked about TPS. Ladies and gentlemen, that was, was an amazing conversation. Like, I didn't, like, I, like it, you know, I'll probably never in my life, like, probably have to even, you know, think, like, think about that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, because I'm just, but just to know that, like, loved ones, people that I know go through this daily struggle and that our leader, leader of our country is trying to, take this away and, and just, you know, fucking ruin people's lives and stuff. It, it, it really, it really hurts to, to know that that's a, that could be a possibility, ladies and gentlemen, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a crazy, 
crazy thing to think about. Like, yo, when Roxana was explaining it and, and, and Eliana said that story, you know, like, I was just like, man, like, where, why the fuck would you want to do that to someone? Why would you want to take away something that is instilled in them? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? And it just, it really hit me. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it, it is important. It is, it is the, probably the, me, the most important election you'll ever go through in your life. I'm telling you, it's do or die. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to fucking vote. And you got to vote oppose Trump. Like, there's no if, ands, or buts. Like, yo, if you, you, if you love this community the way I love this community, if you love your loved ones the way I love my loved ones, if you love your friends the way I love my friends, you got to fucking vote. Because I'm telling you, it's, it's wild. It's wild. That's my messy moment, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Vic. That was beautiful, bro. I love it. Um, my messy moment, I got two. One, I must first start off by talking about when Ileana was talking about the social emotional learning in school. That shit, that shit hit me, bro. Cause I, I know that like I, I mean, I was never a bad student. I never did bad, but I have I have friends and I know in the situations where I did get bad grades, like for, for some reason, my mom would just come at me like, yo, you gotta be, you know, better than this. You come on, you got grades are important. And, and it really made me feel like, you know, like the measure of how good of a person I am depends on how good my grades are, how good, you know, I do well in school, which is dumb because the, the measure of how good a person is, is just the measure of how good a person is. You know, if you're a good person and you have a good heart, you're good. Then that's it. That's all you need to be. So I really, I think the social emotional learning, being able to talk about your feelings with your, with your teacher, one, an adult that you can be safe with because you know that they're, 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 you're relying on them to teach you about the world. So the fact that you can, Come at, come to them, and you know, give your emotions. It's beautiful. That shit really made me. That shit made me cry, bro. Cause I was like, bro, that's what we need in schools, bro. That like literally, we gotta care about these students, cause it literally becomes just a system where I'm here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Notes, 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 and then yeah, I go home, and that's it, and I do my homework. But yeah. bro, it, we're all individuals, real people in classrooms, and we gotta, you know. Be able to feel that, bro, and and that's beautiful. I love that. I love that Chelsea High is doing that, especially where I fucking come from, bro. That's my city, bro. I love that shit, and it, it makes me it makes me happy to see that. Um, my second one is episode seven for them. It's not released. This won't be this week. It'll be the week after the week, right before the election. They're going to drop an episode on Inform about the virtues of people and why it's important to vote for the right person. I'm not gonna tell you who the right person is. You watch that episode, make the decision for yourself. I don't know who you wanna vote for. If you wanna vote for Trump, you're probably, you know, ignorant or something like that, but they're gonna, they're gonna just come at you with some real information about real like issues that each of them are looking at and how each of them has reacted to those issues. And that way you can make a decision for yourself. So make sure you look out for that, bro. That's gonna be awesome. Again, ladies, bro. Thank you for coming on, man. I was, Ladies I was, bro, man. it was tough. Obviously, this is hard. We, we might not have been able to give all our ideas up because it was moving so quickly, bro. We were just coming at this issue here, issue there, issue there. It's not easy to, you know, stay, stay on one train of thought. But I think we great, we did a great job about starting conversation. And I hope it's, everybody at home gets a beautiful gets conversation, that, ladies and gentlemen. All right. You guys can go now. One, thank you, Jason, about your point about social emotional learning. I, I appreciate how much you appreciated that. Um, and I think my messy moment, um, oh my God, what was it? 
See, attention deficit. <laughs> every attention deficit, every ADD, what? Um, yes, education. I think that it's ridiculous for Trump to be able to write off a $70,000 haircut and then mm -hmm. educators are uh, taking out of their own pockets to, to fund um, classrooms that should be funded by um, federal and, and, and state governments. I think that that's ridiculous. Um, again, I, I think it's important to to remain patient and compassionate and gracious with our students, with our teachers, um, and with each other every day of our lives all the time. Um, and to be willing to at least listen to people, even if you don't wanna to respond to people when they're talking to you, at least listen to them um, and be introspective and and be ready for our, our seventh episode of Informed, which is the most introspective out of them all, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, um, for my messy moment, my kind of mirrors mirrors a little bit of uh, Vic's point about the TPS. That was also my uh, messy moment. I definitely feel like it's it's even in the immigrant community, TPS is something that's still not really uh, as widely understood, or it's not nearly as talked about as you know as other matters within the immigrant community. Mm -hmm. But obviously, that doesn't make it any less important. Um, obviously, that doesn't make it that doesn't make it any less important to the immigrant community. And especially within this election, the topic of TPS is so vital. It's so important mm -hmm. because it's not just the life of one person at stake. It's the life of literally 400,000 people who, in a lot of cases, they might still, they probably can't return to their home countries because quite frankly, as bad as things are here, it's not any better sometimes in the countries where they might've come from. Mm -hmm. And at least with the Joe Biden campaign, they have promised Joe Biden has said himself that if he is elected and he is inaugurated January, January 21st, the day he's inaugurated, he will freeze deportations up to 90 days. And in that 90 day span, he will be overlooking the entire immigration system in order to forge a path to citizenship for mm -hmm. TPS recipients. And that is a far better outcome than what is to be expected if Trump wins, because yes. Trump has already decided he will decimate the entire TPS system mm -hmm. and people could be deported as soon as March of next year. Mm -hmm. And it's important to me as a Salvadoran, um, I have an aunt who is under TPS. I have a best friend who's under TPS and I don't want to see them leave. It comes, it's, as, it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So again, that's my messy moment. And I really hope that encourages you, the viewer or you, the listener to, to vote and to participate in, in democracy because quite frankly, not a lot of country there are some countries that can't vote for their leaders and mm -hmm. we can so we should take it we should take advantage of that yes. and so with that from Ileana and Roxana stay safe stay healthy stay informed and vote Ooh. check you later check you <laughs> later check you later boom